Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So, uh, well, we are here with the main set of Dominaria United, as well as the set booster exclusive commander cards and the box topper exclusive commanders. Uh, so we have a lot to get through. We're only going to be focusing on the legendary creatures in this episode. Uh, we're going to have a whole other episode next week, which has all of the, the main deck cards. But we have a ton of stuff to get through. There are 65 legends in this episode. We're going to do lightning round as much as we can to keep this to a, a semi-reasonable length. Yes. But that means it is possible we may miss out on some tech. So feel free to just you know shoot us a line on Twitter or reach out to us in some other way and let us know if we missed anything important. But before we dig into today's topic, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits, including ad-free episodes for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, with that, let's start with the commanders of Dominaria United. Who's our first commander? So our first commander is Danitha Benalia's Hope. So this is a mono-white commander. We're just going with weird order. Um, she is a 4-4 human knight for 5 mana, 4 and a white. Uh, she has first strike, vigilance, and lifelink, much like the last Dan- uh, Danitha, which is pretty... I like that about her. Mm-hmm. When Danitha Benalia's Hope enters the battlefield, you may put an aura or equipment card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield attached to Danitha. So... This is cool. I mean, it's it is a mono white Voltron commander. Uh, she gives you a lot of keywords from the get go. Um, how do you feel about Danitha? So, I mean, it is unique that you can save a ton of mana both on the casting and equip costs for a lot of cards. So, you know, you can slap on an Eldrazi conscription or an Argentum armor. Maybe like a, a Cauldra Complete, although mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the way Cauldra Complete works, it's like it will drop onto the battlefield, equip to Danitha, and then its living weapon will trigger and make the germ and attach to it. So you won't end up with Danitha holding Cauldra. But, you know, it saves you seven mana, so it's not terrible. Yeah. Um, Celestial Mantle uh, is another one that's a six-cost aura that when equipped creature gets... Or, Janna creature gets plus three plus three, and when it deals combat damage to a player, you double your life total. So th- there's a couple good options. Um, you could maybe try to build this as a World Slayer deck because um, you have some things like Teferi's Protection, Faith's Reward, or Gerard's Hourglass Pendant that can break the symmetry on World Slayer. Because if you do that, then you've just won the game for sure. Um, but for the most part, I'm not super crazy about her. I, I don't love ETB commanders. Like just saving you some mana of one time is not incredibly compelling. And these abilities are not the most useful for a Voltron commander. Like it doesn't grant evasion, doesn't grant protection, uh, doesn't hit especially hard. It's, yes. Yeah, and of course, it doesn't have haste. So, I don't love it. Um, it is worth noting that this could be... Uh, I mean, it could work well with some of White's Blink engines that it's been getting recently, um, but it but it doesn't work particularly well because like, you have to, you know, she drops whatever equipment or aura she was holding when she blinks. 
So uh, I, I don't not super crazy about it. Um, but of course, we have 64 other legends to get through. So it's OK if not every single one is a banger. Uh, I think we can move on to the next one. This is Emperor Mihail II. One blue blue for a 3-3 legendary creature Merfolk Noble. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast Merfolk spells from the top of your library. And whenever you cast a Merfolk spell, you may pay one. If you do, create a 1-1 blue Merfolk creature token. Uh, and, of course, I have to mention every single Thought Lash compliant commander. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a one card combo with Thought Lash. If you have Emperor Mihail out and you have Thought Lash, uh, you can just use Thought Lash's activated ability and and like keep looking at the top card with your Emperor Mihail and just exile cards until you see your Thassa's Oracle, which conveniently is a Merfolk, so that you can then cast it using the Emperor's ability. And then with Thassa's Oracle's ETB trigger on the stack, then you exile the rest of your library with lash and you win the game um so not super easy to like find the thought lash in a mono blue color identity you like maybe you could do something with uh is there a four cost transmuter in blue uh yes there is a four cost it's the um i can't remember what it's called right now but i I know the there's one of every cmc so i definitely know the answer is yes (laughs) okay um so that's an option another interesting like oh actually there is no mono blue one i'm, I'm looking at it now Oof. oh there's no mono blue one am i yeah. thinking of the clutch of the undercity you are thinking of, clutch oh, of the undercity yeah and demir house guard oops mm-hmm. <laughs> all right but uh there's another combo you could uh potentially set up that's maybe a little easier to do um so because you are sort of getting the merfolks out of your or the merfolk out of your library and making merfolk tokens um, it seems like it would be relatively easy to get the fodder you need for Wanderwine Profits. So Wanderwine Profits is four blue blue for a four 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 Merfolk creature. <laughs> uh, it has Champion and Merfolk, so when it enters the battlefield, you sacrifice it unless you exile another Merfolk uh, that you control. And when Wanderwine Profits leaves the battlefield, you return the exiled Merfolk. Uh, and then whenever Wanderwine Prophet deals combat damage to a player, you can sacrifice a Merfolk. If you do, take an extra turn after this one. So you're going to have like not only Merfolk tokens to use as champion fodder, but also sacrifice fodder. So potentially, it's probably not going to be infinite, but you can probably take a lot of extra turns with Wanderwine Prophets in this deck. So that's, that's kind of sweet. A little bit of combo potential. As what do you think about Emperor Mihail as just like fun fair magic? No, I actually think this is a great uh, mono blue Merfolk commander. Um, it works with pretty much every other mono blue Merfolk that has like wanted to exist. Like making tokens feeds into every single other theme that mono blue Merfolk have done, and like a way that for some reason they just haven't done like there's not really a lot of good ways to make merfolk tokens so the fact that this takes like your fair fun merfolk deck and like gives you a commander that actually does something a little bit better than Svalen, who is what was targeted at modern you know like Mm -hmm. Svalen was definitely targeted at like 20 life single player you know or like one-on-one magic so this is like good in that like good and standard or whatever but it's also a, i think 
a pretty fun merfolk commander. I think this does what most merfolk players want to do in a way that's like more satisfying than like Kopala or something like that, you know? Yeah, I think this is one of the better merfolk commanders we've seen. Yeah. Um, but I think we can move on. We do have to keep it lightning around. So yes, let's, go let's go into Braid's Arisen Nightmare. Uh, one black black for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature nightmare. At the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice an artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or planeswalker. If you do, each opponent may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with it. For each opponent who doesn't, that player loses two life and you draw a card. Uh, this is a, a really neat commander. What do you think about it? Yeah, this is awesome. So, I mean, Braids, original Braids was like a cool design, but obviously was a before commander design. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good when you just have like an abyss for permanence that you can like get out early that doesn't really leave you behind cards, you know, whatever. And so obviously it had its fans. So I love that this version of Braids can kind of like placate probably some of those Braids players with like an opt-in strategy where like if your opponent is like, no, then you just draw the card and you keep your game plan moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like you can build around this and make sure that you're getting your value off of the sack triggers and all of that kind of stuff. So I think this is a great, mono black control commander i think this is really cool and fun and like your friends won't hate you but you're gonna be able to do like a ton so yeah this this rules yeah you have a ton of sack fodder creatures in this color identity there's also just you also just run like random you know kind of cantrip artifacts like prophetic prism or something just to like draw a card when it comes in you sack it your opponents are probably not all going to have artifacts they're willing to sacrifice so you draw a couple more cards that way um, it's also pretty unique as a way out of some of your downside enchantments. So you can cast like a, <laughs> yeah, so you can like cast like a treacherous blessing or something, or one of these other things that like, oh, you get some sort of advantage initially, but it's really scary for you later on. Um, and so you can just get out of those whenever you want to. Uh, so I really like that. In terms of like, I'm not totally sure how the deck wins it's really good at uh, like even if your opponents choose not to opt in you can run like a grave pact or a dictative erebos or something similar so you can kind of control the board pretty well and you're gonna have a million cards but win condition i don't i don't know yeah i think you just pick your poison you just put like a nightmare lash in your deck it's cool (laughs) yeah you know that's probably fine yeah it's it's fine there's so many ways to like drain life in mono black you can exsanguinate you could torment of hailfire there's a lot of you could just attack with tokens you're good you got it you guys got it okay once you got like (laughs) you know 10 cards in hand every single turn yeah you'll you'll figure it out Uh, this, okay. Uh, so I do want to say before we get talk about this that it is really cool that um the mono black commanders in this set because this one the next one we're going to talk about and the one we talk about after have all been characters that people have been asking about or thinking about for a very long time. So with that said, uh, can I read off this next guy? Go for it. Yeah. So this is the Raven Man. So this someone who we've wanted to see for a very long time. Uh, the Raven Man is a two one human wizard for two mana, one in a black. They have at the beginning of each end step, if a player discarded a card this turn, create a 1-1 black bird creature token with flying, and this creature can't block. Uh, He also has three black tap. Each opponent discards a card, activate as a sorcery. So, uh, yeah, what's some tech for the Raven Man? Uh, So there's a decent number of just permanents that stick around and and make everybody discard at least once per turn. Um, 
So like there is a bottomless pit, which is three mana enchantment at the beginning of each player's upkeep, they discard a card at random. Necrogen Mists, which is the same thing, except the discard is not at random. Gibbering Descent, Necrogoyf, Anvil of Begarden. Uh, there's also Oppression, which is a three-man enchantment. Whenever a player casts a spell, they discard a card. Um, so it's if you get any of those cards, you can probably get like four birds per round of turns in a four-person game. Uh, and then there's just a ton of sack outlets in Mono Black to convert the birds into value. You can, of course, like run Skull Clamp, but also Attrition, Mind Slash, Sadistic Hypnotist, like blah, 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 blah. Um, alternatively, you know, if you're farming birds pretty effectively, you can also just drop like coat of arms or something. Also, like uh, larceny seems pretty sick. You still only get like you know one bird that turn, but you did make people discard a bunch of cards. And yeah, <laughs> is conducive to winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's yeah, I mean, seems like a lot of fun stuff. Is a, a pretty neat um discard commander like an alternative to tiny bones yeah any so, any thoughts on this mm-hmm. uh, this this is not specific to the raven man this is just like some thoughts talking to people in our discord about discard decks in general is um it's y- you want no one to have hands but then your commander stops working so some things that like kind of like false blessings like uh bad deals and stuff like that um to get people to draw some cards so you can like have them pitch them again or whatever like bad deal obviously doesn't work if they don't have cards in hand but um stuff i reach sanitarium maybe yeah exactly like stuff that like kind of helps keep the flow going is important so like sometimes those cards that like everybody draws and loses life or something like that is actually okay in these kind of decks because you're like all right everyone draws some cards and everyone's like oh thank god and then you're like and now you discard them <laughs> and uh the hope fades from their eyes and you get a bunch of birds and you can kill them with them so just just take note that like sometimes those kind of spells are a little bit better here because they uh, aren't actually symmetrical so let's get on to the next commander do you want to read this uh <laughs> this next one it's pretty cool. sure yeah this is a uh, shield red the apocalypse it is two black black for a four or five legendary creature phyrexian praetor uh, it has death touch whenever you draw a card you gain two life whenever an opponent draws a card they lose two life so um, cool, so simple, and so good. Yes. Uh, so there are some just like instant, easy combos with this commander. If you have a Lich or a Nefarious Lich or a Lich's Mastery, anything that either like replaces life gain with card draw or just like triggers or like gives you uh, card draw when life gain occurs, uh, all of them are just going to make this this loop where you draw your library. Um you just have to make sure that you have like at least one black mana open so that you can draw like the, the one copy of sacrifice or calling the weak or village rights or something to stop the loop. Um, but you know, once you have your deck in your hand, winning should be trivial. Um, if you built your deck, right. Another card that works really well with her is necrologia. So that's three black, black for an instant. You can only cast it during your end step and as additional cost to cast it, you can pay X life. And if you do, you draw X cards. So, you know, you cast Shieldred on turn four, Necrologia on turn five, uh, pay all but one life, and then draw that many cards and gain twice that much life. So, you know, you have half your deck in your hand and you doubled your life total. So uh, pretty good. Pretty yeah, decent. Definitely, definitely pretty good. <laughs> um, but other than like, you know, those sort of combo engines i think 
like the the combos don't really take up much space in the deck you're gonna still have like you know 50 main deck cards to fill out um and i think it's just gonna be like kind of controlly mostly yeah you you have some like targeted stuff so like if you peer into the abyss uh an opponent they draw half their library and then lose two life for each card they just drew so you just (laughs) kill them so that's pretty cool um you can also i mean just do that to yourself and then a bunch of life um damnable pact so like that's the uh is it x black black is that what that is mm-hmm. um it's draw x cards lose x life it's also or very target, good target player draws x cards lose x life yeah yeah <laughs> thank you so you can like do it to yourself or other other players and kind of do the same thing so this is like very much a typical like well i say typical but like you can play with a bunch of the um the what's the dreams underworld dreams cards that people oh, really like dreams yeah like oh those. oh underworld dreams you mean like fate unraveler that kind of thing like um the, the one the three black yeah yeah enchantment yeah. where they date damage i'm trying to remember the yeah fate uh, unraveler is the hag that does it too yeah exactly so that's been an archetype in like casual like multiplayer for forever (laughs) like Mm -hmm. like since way before commander existed so the fact that we have a commander that actually plays into that archetype now is very cool very good a mono black one we did have yeah yeah we did have nekusar but yeah that's what i mean like a mono black one um i think this deck is still very very good even though it's just mono black you know Mm -hmm. like nekusar is cool but nekusar also like costs more and now everyone knows that nekusar is gonna just kill you sticks you can also just Yeah, you can also just put this in your Nekusar deck. That's another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's reason. true. But yeah, just very happy with this Praetor. I think it's really cool. Um, but I, do you want to keep on moving, I guess? Yes. Uh, next card is Rosnacked Heir of Roga. It is a single red mana for a 0-1 legendary creature Kobold Warrior. It has Battle Cry. So when it attacks, each other attacking creature gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. And Heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets Rosnacked, Create a zero one red kobold creature token named Kobolds of Care Keep. Uh, so, I personally I like this more in the main deck of other lists. Like in a Zeta deck, this is a pretty easy way to just get extra bodies. Um, in maybe in Feather, you you might have more experience with that one. Um, but as a commander, I'm not super crazy about it. Like committing to Battle Cry is. Or to, or rather, committing to like doing the heroic thing is seems like a pretty big restriction. I don't know if zero ones are the reward that's going <laughs> to make me want to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I have no clue. I, I, my gut is that there's not enough in mono red to really like make this deck tick the way it wants to tick. Um, it definitely be fine in feather i'm not sure if i really want like that i guess i just want blockers and stuff do you run like a crow and crusader i do but those have one power (laughs) Uh, so you know like it's a little bit better but i guess it's kind of the same it's kind of battle cry it's just another one of those if you want those um so yeah i'm i'm kind of i i really like this card as a card i think it's cool and i think it's cool they do the kobolds do you think when they name kobolds they just drop like a bunch of like tupperware and like chopsticks and <laughs> forks and they just that's how they name the oh yeah kobolds. i know 
Yeah, just like total onomatopoeia here. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it feels like sometimes. But I, they must have a bunch <laughs> of fun with it. Um, but there's some tech too. Do you, can I can I get into some of the tech? Sure, sure. Yeah, so stuff that you can do that targets uh, raw snacked. Um, so there is uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a lot of the same stuff that you use in uh, Feather or. Uh, Zada or, or like a lot of those cards. There's stuff with buyback. So like Seething Anger um, is four mana. Uh, buyback, uh, Fanning the Flames is five mana if you just do X is zero, which is really funny. So Fanning the Flames is the fireball. Um, so you just X is zero target uh, Ross Snacked with the buyback. So that's a way to keep getting them. Not the most efficient. Mark of Fury bounces each turn. That's like this enchantment or uh, an aura. Um, Bounces for R, you got Crown of Flames, uh, which is two mana, and get two Fire Breathing, both of which are like enchantments that like sit on Rossnacked, and then you bounce back for red. Uh, and then there's a bunch of things from that, that have like the Rancor text. There's Fiery Mantle, Sluggishness, Undying Rage, Unquenchable Fury. Um, and then the last one is Titan's Revenge, which is like a Clash spell, which I don't think you're going to win very often. Uh, and I do want to shout out to Alex Whiteclay for... Finding this list of things, um, these are all. I think all of them, <laughs> like other oh, than yeah. just the the single shot, like red spells that target. Um, these are for the most part all the things that target Rusnak without killing it. There are some things that kill it also. Release the ants and like searing touch. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I probably should have mentioned this at the, at the beginning but uh our, our good friend alex white clay is of course lending his analysis uh to this uh this set review yes. so uh you know if, if you think the quality is higher than normal please let us know thanks <laughs> alex <laughs> yeah definitely but yeah this uh, is uh pretty funny and i i think we can move on i think we covered yes, pretty much yeah, all of it i'm i'm ready uh squee dubious monarch is the next card it is two and a red for a two two legendary creature goblin noble with haste Whenever it attacks, create a 1-1 red goblin creature token that's tapped and attacking. You may cast Squee from your graveyard by paying 3 and a red and exiling 4 other cards from your graveyard rather than paying its mana cost. So it sort of has escape. Um, uh, I would say, like, I think that both of the Krenkos are better as a goblin tribal commander. Um, (laughs) But... I think Squee is fine in the main deck of like other goblin tribal lists. He's kind of like a, a Legion war boss or a goblin rabble master. Uh, and of course he, he can help you rebuild a little bit after a board wipe. Yeah. I, I want to say too that like, the, I'm, I'm kind of upset at this Squee. Like we asked, or I think I asked in the uh, discord when Dominary is coming out and we were like, Oh, Squee's probably going to come back. Like, what could possibly be Squee 3.0 design? Like, what is something that signifies, like, undeath and things like that? And honestly, so many people in the Discord, like, ruled. They just killed the challenge and came up with some really cool designs. And it looks like Wizard just kind of, like, copped out. <laughs> They're like, yeah. I don't know. He comes back from the graveyard. And you're like, what? He's, like, Goblin Tribe? Come on. I know. He's less immortal than the previous versions. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. But he, he fits in the Krenko mob organization. And if you want to run him because he's Squee, then that's cool, too. So mm-hmm. I think that's all I got to say about Squee. All right. Uh, you want to tell us this next card? Yeah. So this is Baru Wormspeaker. This is a 3-3 human druid for four mana, two green green. 
They have worms you control, get plus two, plus two, and have trample. Um, and then they have an activated ability, seven green tap, so they're pretty big. Create a 4-4 four, four wor- green worm creature token. This ability costs X less to activate, where X is the greatest power among worms you control. So I want to say that like, as someone who played during like Odyssey block and like old magic, when like I thought worms were like the uh, characteristic type for green, because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they printed so many big splashy spells with them, this actual, like, plus two, plus two is whatever, but like the trample is so important. So like yes. when I saw this guy... I was like, yes, oh, that's so cool. He like makes all those old cards work because those worms were just like four fours or six sixes and like just kind of sit there <laughs> and don't mm-hmm. do anything. So I really like this guy. I think this is really cool. This is like a really like big hug to all the players like me who love like Crash of Worms and whatnot and just couldn't ever win with them. Now you can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that... Um... There aren't that many very cheap worms. Like of the the sixty seven worms in this color identity, only thirteen of them cost four or less. Yes, and a, and a lot of those have a lot of the cheap ones have significant drawbacks. Yeah, so I, I I think maybe you want to get this started with like changelings, um, just to like get enough worm power on the board so that you can activate it, and then once you have the 4-4 worm, then future activations are only going to cost two mana. So uh, just, I think changelings will help you like get things started. Um, and then in terms of keeping things going, um, Awakening, Seedborn Muse, Curse of Bounty, Patron of the Orochi can all, uh, are all decent ways to like untap Baru and potentially some of your mana sources and activate him multiple times per round of turns. Yeah, so really cool. Really love this. Um, also, just to know Rings of Right Hearth and those kind of uh, doubling activated ability cards. Uh, are yeah, Illusionist Bracers. Yeah, they're a lot better in mono green just because you have the mana to spare. So mm-hmm. um, I cut Illusionist Bracers from a lot of decks. I don't know if I'd cut it from here because I actually can pay for it. Because <laughs> yep. it's like so much mana. It's so much mana to get started. So um, I think let's keep on going. You want to get into this next card? Sure. Uh, this next card is Green Sleeves, Morrow Sorcerer. Three green green for a star star legendary creature elemental. It has protection from planeswalkers and from wizards. Green Sleeves' power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. And whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, create a 3 3 green badger creature token. Uh, so this is surprisingly. Uh, the first mono green commander with landfall, although Baru Fist of Krosa was pretty close to that. It had like forest fall. Um, but I, I think this deck is almost like self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever built a landfall deck, you you know what to put in here. Yeah. No thoughts, head empty, mm-hmm. extra land drops, the cards, all the farmers that get stuff off the top of the deck, all the, the benefits of having guys for lands and, whatever you, you you know this deck pretty well so yeah, yeah. I, the art is great i love that it makes badgers that's pretty funny um i don't really have much to say about this other than like this is cool um mm-hmm. i also i guess the one thing that i have to say that is cool is that like it's interesting now that we're getting more planeswalker commanders like this will become a more relevant line of text um as like they won't be able to mess with green sleeves but right now i don't feel like this does like anything in particular you know Mm -hmm. like it'll come up every now and then it'll come up in arena but like 
in your normal play group unless someone is really like goofing yeah, it's just, you. It's yeah. just trinket text for sure. Yeah, exactly. So um that's pretty funny. But yeah, I don't know if you wanna you wanna keep on moving. Yes. Uh next we have Aisha Tanaka Armorer. It is three white blue for a two four legendary creature human artificer. Whenever Aisha attacks, look at the top four cards of your library. You may put any number of artifact cards with mana value less than or equal to Aisha's power from among them onto the battlefield tapped. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And Aisha can't be blocked as long as defending player controls three or more artifacts. So five mana commander, attack trigger, uh, kind of a narrow restriction on the cards you can get off of her. So just, uh, I, I don't... Right off the bat, you can tell this is not going to be like the most insane powerhouse. Um, but you can, there's a couple things you can do to just make it work a little bit better. I thinking I think uh, sticking to low mana value equipment like zero, one, and two means you don't have to like suit her up before you can really get the value off her swing. Um, it's it's still overall kind of clunky. Um, do you do you have any thoughts on Aisha? Um, I think now I think you got most all of it on the head. I, I, I really actually like this deck. Like the question it's asking is really cool. Um, like how do you get like all of it? <laughs> it's kind of mana ramp for your like white blue deck just because you're like spitting out all of this equipment onto the battlefield. But like, it's pretty slow. Um, this is the kind of thing that like I get obsessed with for like a month and like build like two or three versions of. And when it doesn't work, I take apart. That's what this feels like. But uh, if you come up with an Aisha deck that like can just kind of vomit its equipment onto the battlefield and then get going from there, like that seems like it could be pretty fun because you get to set up with all the like cats that equip for cre- for free and like the things that get bonuses for being equipped and cards that care about equipment and all the blue cards that care about our. Uh, equipment and all that kind of stuff so um you got arden to throw them onto things so yeah i think it's cool i think it's clunky this, this seems like you really need to use that geometric calculator to figure out what's going on you know yeah i will say that like you don't have to uh specialize in equipment it does get any artifact but just more equipment will help boost your power so you can get more expensive and better yeah things and, and, and i'll yeah, I th- I feel like the what the reason why I say equipment and I'm going fast is just because uh white that's all white cares about. Like white cares a little bit about artifacts but mostly about equipment, so you're going to get a lot of synergies from that and also like a 2/4 for 5 is like not good. Um not very good at attacking. So the equipment that if you're getting it for free that you can put on uh Aisha is uh probably going to help you not have to cast a 7 and 9 drop two four <laughs> the mm-hmm. turns after you attack with her so that's kind of that's how i feel about it then it's it's actually really cool i actually think for the most part all of the white blue commanders we're going to talk about in this episode are like way cooler than most of the white blue commanders we get in any given set so do you want to keep on moving to uh this next guy yes uh so the next guy is raf weatherlight stalwart it is white blue for a one three legendary creature human wizard Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may tap two untapped creatures you control. If you do, draw a card. And he has three white-white creatures you control, get plus one and gain vigilance until end of turn. Uh, I I think the activated ability is kind of crappy, so I'm going to focus on the other part. Um, 
But this could be interesting if you rely on things like Talrand, Murmuring Mystic, Poppet Stitcher, Monastery Mentor, uh, Tura, Kenarud, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But just all these things that make dudes when you cast instant sorcery spells, um, you can just stack the triggers so that you get the dude first. And assuming you have at least one other creature, you can uh, draw a card. So, and, and of course, like once you have two of these things, like uh, two Talrans uh, on the battlefield, then it's just like cast an instant sorcery, draw a card. Um, and it seems like it wouldn't be too hard to kind of go off from there. I don't think this deck has to be super choosy in like which instant sorceries it can run. I think you could just run your like cheap answers your your swords and your counter spells and just kind of get there on the fact that all your good spells are cantrips Mm -hmm. yeah i think that i think it's cool and fun i i think it's really interesting too because we're gonna get two commanders in this vein from this set that work with like casting instants and sorceries this is the cooler of the two of them uh so they they like to name those wizards, yeah, like the murmuring mystics and the um whatnots, like talking words for some reason. I don't know why they did that for a while. So just you jam all the talking wizards, you cast your instance, um, you have your Teferi's protection, and you have a blast. So seems really good. Seems like the fact that you can get started on turn two is like pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um can you not run Papa Stitcher? Is Papa Stitcher black on the backside, or is he? Uh, you. It is not black on the backside. You can run. What? That. That's crazy. Yeah, I was actively not running it in decks, and okay. I was wrong. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, now I know. Um, let's. I guess keep on moving. This next one is a throwback to um a card that we've talked about on the show a very long time ago that we both very much liked. This is Rasputin the Oneromancer. Oneromancer? There you go. Oneromancer, yeah. Yes. Um, so Rasputin is a 4-1, much like his old version, but only costs three mana this time. One white blue. Uh, Rasputin enters the battlefield. Uh, when Rasputin enters the battlefield, put a dream counter on it for each opponent you have. Each opponent creates a 1-1 red goblin creature token. Uh, then he has two activated abilities. Tap, remove one or more dream counters from Rasputin. Add that much colorless mana. Um, tap, remove a dream counter from Rasputin. Create a 2-2 white knight creature token with protection from red. Um, so, yeah, this is great. There's <laughs> a lot going on here. Yeah, let me start by saying that um, both me and Alex independently uh, came up with the same non-bow. So let me let me just uh, <laughs> dispel any illusions about what you could do with Eldrazi Displacer. Um, so both uh, me and Alex were kind of soaked to do Lightning Greaves plus Eldrazi Displacer. You remove the dream counters from Rasputin. You use Eldrazi Displacer to blink him. Uh, and then you put the Greaves on him and presumably are able to do it again. But unfortunately, Eldrazi Displacer returns the the creature you blink tapped so you can't just keep on dreaming um so that does limit the combo potential a little bit but it does but just like the base case of rasputin is kind of you know you play him on turn three and then you have access to seven mana on turn four so it is like a quick one-shot ramp effect um that 
presumably, I, I mean, there's a lot of neat stuff you can accelerate to when your commander adds that much mana. Uh, do you have any thoughts on him? Um, I think it's so. Uh, I think it's pretty cool because he is still like it, it's a ramp deck in blue white, which is really cool. Um, I do like that he works with um, like even though he doesn't go infinite with the displacer, which it looks like they like spent a lot of time to make sure that like he didn't this time. Um, I think you can have a lot of fun with this, and I think that like having a bunch of like i think what this is gonna do is it's going to like when you flicker him when you give your opponents the goblins like they're going to attack other people because all you have to do is give yourself like one night for them to be like well i'm not like it's very unprofitable to attack you with this goblin um so i think that's cool i think this is gonna move the game along really like quickly um i so i was frantically scryfall searching because there are so many cards in the set i forgot to do this for rasputin but i wanted to look into like negative things that happen or like things you can do when your opponents have creatures in blue and white i think that's kind of something else too because this is like forcing your opponents to have creatures um light minefield i think is um the funniest thing it like the ultimate like goblin deterrent uh, mm-hmm. it's even in the flavor text of the card so like that's like one of the few cases where i would actually like actively want to run light minefield in my deck um i know some people really like the card but i've always kind of been pretty low on it because uh maybe it's just my play group just doesn't <laughs> like run that many things that died a light minefield oops mm-hmm. but um yeah this is really cool i think there is a lot of tech that we're just not going to be able to get into on this episode because i think we're going to have to keep on moving to the next <laughs> commander speaking of which speaking of yeah. which uh, next is Sten Paranoid Partisan. It is white-blue for a 2-2 legendary creature human wizard. As it enters the battlefield, choose a card type other than creature or land. Spells you cast of the chosen type cost one less to cast. And you can pay one white-blue to exile Sten and return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So uh, this combos with Sensei's Divining Top and either Mystic Forge or the Reality Chip or Future Sight or Mages of the Future or any similar effects that they choose to print in the future. Um, but basically, you can cast Sensei's Divining Top for free. You tap to activate it, so you draw a card and put Sensei's Top on top of your library, and then either Mystic Forge, the Reality Chip, Future Sight, blah, blah, blah. Any of those will allow you to then cast Sensei's Divining Top for free, because of Sten, off the top of your library. So you have, had, in the process of going through this loop, you draw one card. So you get to draw your deck if you do this. And presumably, if you have your library in your hand, you can figure out a way to win the game. So that's, I think, the best use case for him. It's not super hard to assemble this combo in this color identity. You have lots of uh, artifact tutors, and both of the other combo pieces are artifacts. So I think that's probably the best thing to do. Um you could, I don't know, you could also just do like a spell slinger thing, but that seems harder to convert into a win. Yeah, I agree with that. I think basically everything you said is kind of like the best way to do it is just artifacts because they're free. Hey, uh, mm-hmm. And then if you want to do something else, then you totally can. Um, I, I really like when we get into the main set of this episode, I'm going to like talk more about this, but I do really like as I've been playing magic longer, like the goblin electromancer effects and like the medallion effects, um, 
in particular like deck types. So like mm-hmm. Electromancer is like way better than I thought it was <laughs> in certain decks. That's how I think Sten is. Sten is kind of like a build your own Electromancer. So um, I think that's really fun and I think it'll give people like a cool build path for if they want to do something a little kooky with like, you know, some some card type that they uh, they're interested in. So I think that's cool. Uh, one more thing I'll mention before we move on. Uh, Alex pointed out that this uh, that Sten would go into the 99 of Elsha because oh, yes. she sort of serves as like the Mystic Forge or Future Sight part of the combo. And so Sten, the, the cost reduction aspect is is still something that Elsha needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just Sten is it's cool. This is definitely like you can make a cool deck with Sten. It's probably a combo deck. It's probably the best version of it, but um, I like that Sten can go into other decks. If you're like, wow, I really want to play my Wrath, Weatherlight, Stalwart deck, uh, Sten goes in that pretty well. Makes all your like uh, token producing instants and sorceries cost less and taps to help you draw cards and blah, blah, blah. So Sten, I think, is cool as a role player as well as like a uh, just interesting combo commander. Um, speaking of interesting combo commanders <laughs> um can i read off this next guy yes so this is uh also white blue this is tobias doomed conqueror so tobias is a three two human soldier for four mana two white blue uh, they have flash and when tobias doomed conqueror dies for each non-token creature you control that died this turn create a two two black zombie creature token so um you could if enough things have died um you can do the classic nim death mantle altar loop either of the altars any of them uh the ones that make mana so ash nods are phyrexian um because what happens is you can start sacking zombies to pay for tobias to come back with the death mantle to sack tobias again to get more zombies because tobias as he re-enters is going to see all of the other Tobiases that have died that turn and make more and more and more and more zombies. So you just kind of win that way. That's, I think, the easiest way. You can tutor up all the pieces because you're in blue-white. Um, blue loves tutoring up artifacts. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. You can also use some white tech. You could do like the uh, altar and like Enduring Renewal um, and a few other things. I, I think it's smart that he's not Sun Titan compliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, definitely pretty cool i really like this guy i like these kind of loops um and i think if you do build a tobias deck it'll be pretty fun and i also like that the uh the reward is pretty well answerable by the table like if you create the loop you basically go like all right pass and then you see (laughs) if anyone's going to do anything about it and that's not true you could like blasting station and kill a bunch of people and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. um i think having all of those pieces is asking a lot and it'll be easier to just have a bunch of zombies and see if you win the next turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, all right. Moving on to our last Azorius commander. This is Tura Kenarud Sky Knight. It is two white blue, blue for a three, three legendary creature, human knight with flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a one, one white soldier creature token. Uh, there are I don't want to spend too much time on this. There are <laughs> many other commanders that do similar and better things. Um you've got your Kaikar for an even broader color identity and a cheaper mana cost and the a useful combo. 
Yeah. Yeah, production and also evasion on your tokens. <laughs> uh, yeah, this. Uh, I, I mean, there are decks that maybe might want this in the main deck, uh, as we mentioned earlier with the new version of Araf. Um, but the, I don't know why you would want this card. Yeah, even like Talorand is just cheaper and the tokens are better. So it's like, okay, like, yeah, I'm in mono blue, but like, that's kind of all you need. There's like, mm-hmm. white adds some stuff, but it's like not enough to warrant playing a 3-3 three, three for 5 that makes worse tokens, you know? Yeah. So, oh, well, um, do you want to get into this first blue-black commander? Sure. Uh, this is Urtai Resurrected. It is two blue-black for a 3-2 legendary creature Phyrexian human wizard with flash. Uh, when Urtai Resurrected enters the battlefield, choose up to one. Counter target spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. Its controller draws a card. Or destroy another target creature or planeswalker. Its controller draws a card. Uh, I will say that uh, you can target your own triggers and like stifle the downsides of some of your cards. Um, so keep that in mind as a potential use case. Uh, but I feel like what you want to do with this is just like combine it with a Deadeye Navigator and maybe some way to prevent draws and just kind of like soft lock your opponents. Yeah. No, this, this reminds me of, um, like the Venser. Yeah. Venser decks that I've seen in the past that is not very popular because it's pretty difficult to like (laughs) make Mm -hmm. it work, especially when there's just like so many easier things to do and so many easier ways to control nowadays. But, um, like many years ago, I would see Venser decks that like had ways to bounce him. You get your riptide lab and, Things like that that can bounce wizards or uh, equilibrium is pretty good. Um, but this is, I think, for that same reason, going to be more of a piece of tech index than a commander himself. Um, so I, I think this is a really cool card, but um, building around him as a commander is, uh, you know, it's. <laughs> If I sit down and you have an Urtai resurrected across from me, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> like, this is what you want to do with your time like this mm-hmm. is this is, okay sure um you know it's not really uh riveting gameplay you know yeah yeah uh speaking of riveting gameplay though do you want to move on to the next one? Oh yes i do want to say one thing about the Resur- Urtai the resurrected art so ryan prescott who did the art for Urtai resurrected also did uh, the art for the last iteration of baron Tolarian archmage we've seen and the art actually mirrors each other. And the reason for that is because uh, when the Weatherlight went to get a wizard from the Academy to help them, they wanted Baron and got Urtai. Uh, and then like along the journey, they had to leave or like they didn't have to leave. Oh, I guess they did. They, they escaped, but they had to leave Urtai behind. And then that's why he got Phyrexianized. So mm-hmm. um, Baron and Urtai uh, are kind of like linked in this story. Uh, so the art reflects that, which is pretty cool. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, let's go keep on moving to Ram- Ramirez de Pietro Pillager. We've seen his ghost. We've seen him uh, Foglioed, and now we get <laughs> to see him, the man, the myth, the legend, with a modern flavor. So uh, do, you, do you want... Can I just keep yeah, reading him? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so uh, Ramirez de Pietro Pillager is a 4-3 human pirate for 4 mana, 2 blue-black. And has, when Ramirez de Pietro Pillager enters the battlefield, you lose two life and create two treasure tokens. Uh, Then he has, whenever one or more pirates you control, deal combat damage to a player, exile the top card of that player's library. You may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled. Um, So, this 
is a lot. This is kind of like two of the really good partners from uh, the Commander Legends, like put together and in a different color identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so flickering him um, gets you get a bunch of treasure. You lose some life. Hitting people, you steal their cards, uh, but you get to run a bunch of your pirates. So you, this deck, I don't know, this deck's really cool. I really like what this is doing. Um, and I think it's really cool that you get to play pirates in this color too. So, yeah, I, I think that um, most of the important pirates are concentrated in blue. Yes. So you don't lose out on too much relative to like Beckett Brass. Um, and then, of course, you you get like a lot of really good cheap interaction in this color identity. It is awesome that he refunds a couple mana in the form of treasure, so that you can cast him and then keep like a counter spell up to potentially protect him or protect your board. Um, and of course, with blue in your color identity, you get access to some time warp effects, which are just fantastic when you're hitting with a bunch of guys and drawn effectively drawing a bunch of cards every turn. Um, I think there's just a lot of stuff going on with this commander. It seems pretty sweet. We've got a deck linked in the episode description if you want to play around with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like that. So this version of Pirates gets to run all the like flying men. You get your like cloud pirates and whatnot. Um, that is something that some versions of like blue breaches decks do, but like this is going to be a very different flavor um, and it's, it's going to feel different. You get to play all the black. There's, a lot of black pirates that just like didn't really have a home, you know, there's like ruin Raider and the, um, the menace guy, Fathom that, fleet captain. Fathom fleet. Yeah. There's a bunch of them that like, just didn't, um, fathom fleet cutthroat also that like everyone loses a third of their life and it has menace. Um, oh, sure. That like, uh, just you, where you could play in places, but they didn't really have a home. And so now like the fact that they can, slot into this really well and really easily is like pretty cool to me so i'm I'm happy about this also um, one thing i i totally missed uh when i first read this card and alex pointed it out um so unlike pretty much every other card in this vein that has been printed in the last like five years uh you you cannot spend mana as though or many mana of any color to cast the exiled cards you actually have to have the real mana yeah, yeah. Um, if you have to make green to cast their worm calling or something exactly. like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're with you're just gonna want to make sure that your mana base has like a higher than average number of cards that tap for mana of any color. So make sure you get your city of brass and your mana confluence and so forth into this deck. Um yeah, maybe some other treasure production like Malcolm, um Keen Eyed Navigator to help you cast those spells, but definitely something you have to keep in mind it's not purely drawing cards off your opponent's library you got a little bit of a hoop to jump through yeah and these days it's a fairly easy hoop but it is something you have to build around you have to Mm -hmm. keep keep it in mind um speaking of keeping a bunch in mind (laughs) there's a um this next one is so cool and interesting this is uh ramsey's assassin lord this is um Another blue-black commander, 4-4, four, four, a human assassin for 4 mana, 2 blue-black. Um, Ramsey says Death Touch, and other assassins you control get plus 1, plus 1. Honestly, like, 
I don't even care about that. The next line is, whenever a player loses the game, if they were attacked this turn by an assassin you controlled, you win the game. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> that's, uh, that's so rad. So, like, um, there was a fuss on Twitter when this card came out because people were like, please don't kingmake with this this guy. And what they mean by that is, like, let's say, um, let's say the game is going poorly or you're upset or something is going on like that and uh, the Ramses player attacks you, you can just concede that turn uh, and then Ramses wins, which means that like the game is over and and like all of the stuff ends. Um, and people were like, it kind of sucks that this can happen. But I'm like, I actually think it's kind of rad that it can happen. Like the fact that like this is a really interesting like space for this to uh like kind of text that can enable something like this to happen is really cool and then on top of that like how often is that gonna happen you know like yeah. this like i'm very rarely uh, i mean me personally i pretty much never do stuff to spite people unless it's like like midnight and we're drunk and we're like ribbing on each other but like at like an event or like a a lgs like i'm not why would i do this like unless someone was actively being a jerk and like we're like okay we all just want to go home or Mm -hmm. something but then you can just also just scoop up your cards you know like yeah also like assassins are not good so this is not easy to pull off by any stretch of the imagination yeah absolutely there are exactly 60 assassins in this color identity so you're gonna have to run a lot of very not good like commons in order to make this work yes yeah exactly um so things actual tech for the deck um there are like combos that knock out like one player in particular you can think like your uh painter servant like millstone combos or your um helm of what is it helm, helm of, of awakening helm of awakening and uh um, oh no not line Oh what God. is it? Helm the, of Obedience. Helm of Helm, Obedience. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Helm of Obedience and the Ley Lines, uh, Lena of the Void and stuff like that. So there's ways to like knock out a player. So kind of what you can do if you want to like really go hard trying to win with Ramses is like just like have an evasive assassin or have an assassin that like can get in there or has an equipment that helps it get in there or something like that. Just like boink, like poke them with that assassin and then kill them with the combo. Uh, and then you win. So, uh, very interesting uh like takes a lot of pieces you have to have the evasive guy you have to have the ramses and then you have to have the two other cards so it makes any two card combo into like a four card combo uh notably one of them is your commander so it's a little bit easier but um yeah it's it's i i think this is cool i think this is interesting i think it's an interesting way to look at commander in that it is a multiplayer format um in a way that they haven't done yet so uh, I um, thumbs up on this guy. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the next card. Uh, this is Rona Shieldred's Faithful. One blue, black, black for a legendary creature human wizard. She's a 3-4. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses one life. You may cast Rona Shieldred's Faithful from your graveyard by discarding two cards in addition to paying its other costs. Uh, to me, this looks like a storm win con. Yes, possibly. I agree. Yeah, I agree too. Um, but other than that, doesn't seem too exciting, really. 
uh, I, I, you, I mean, there are ways to like just cast extra spells, but I feel like doing this for a non-infinite number is just <laughs> not really kind of worth your time. Yeah, she. It's it's cool that you um, don't ever have to pay the command tax on her. So that's kind of fun. It's always fun when you have a commander like that. Um, I mean, unless your graveyard gets exiled or something like that. And it's cool that she enables like things that help you discard. So like your madness cards are cool. Um, like it fills your deck with, or uh, fills your graveyard with like flashback and jumpstart and aftermath, et cetera, et cetera. But like, um, this is just more or less a blue black control deck, um, which isn't anything new, and it's not doing it in a particularly exciting way. So yeah, I think if you if, if you win, it's probably going to be like dramatic reversal isochron scepter. So not the most uh, yeah, not the most it. Uh, clever innovative. <laughs> yeah, yeah innovative that's a good one to say yeah that's a good one um yeah you're gonna be doing some stuff by the book and like that's fun it's fun sometimes to just play like classic magic but that's not super exciting for me um so this next one is pretty wild do we want to get into this this next card sure uh this is savitri dragon master it's two blue black for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker savitri she can be your commander uh Plus one until end of turn. Creatures can't attack you or planeswalkers you control unless their controller pays two life for each of those creatures. Minus three, search your library for a dragon card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle. And minus seven, destroy all non-dragon creatures. So notably, this could be a secret commander for any dragon in the blue-black color identity. Um, this may be like... Uh, well... Alex suggested Astral Dragon or Shimmer Dragon as potential um, fun commanders to build around. In terms of just like Savitri herself, it seems I don't know, kind of kind of empty. I, th- I think that the the secret commander route might be more fun than just ticking her up and eventually getting um, like a, a crux of fate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't seem like crazy interesting i think the fact that like now any blue or black dragon has like a secret commander is cool to me too so that that, that's the most interesting part of this commander for me um being a planeswalker commander means that like certain things are very good obviously like board wipes are pretty good um the fact that dragons are like pretty big and do things on their own nowadays means that like you can tutor you can plus one her until she's gonna die and then like rat the board cast your dragon next turn like you have full control over what's going on so you can kind of just play what you need when you need it um so she seems good uh, specifically because she's like encouraging you to play win conditions <laughs> which like some commanders don't do it seems like if if you're allowed to you can win the deck pretty pretty okay with this card so i think uh Kind of cool, interesting. I'm gonna definitely stay on the lookout for like interesting blue or black dragons in the future. Um, now that this card exists, because uh, yeah, secret commanders can be fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we are moving on to the last blue black commander for now. Do you, can I read this guy off? Sure. This one's uh, got a lot of text. So this is Vohar Vodalian Desecrator. Uh, this is a Phyrexian Merfolk Wizard. Uh, they are a 1-2 two for 2 mana, blue-black. 
They have two abilities. Uh, tap, draw a card, then discard a card. If you discarded an instant or sorcery card this way, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then two, sacrifice Vohar. You may cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. If that spell would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead, activate at only as a sorcery. Um, so your commander is a looter. What does that mean? That means that you can do a lot of things with the graveyard. So it's pretty easy to help you set up your animation. You dump the fatties, you draw your animation. Um, you can reuse your animation spool that like spells also with that second ability. So that's really cool. I don't know. Cheap, you get down. You're going to do a lot of game actions with this commander. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, this is going to come down turn two. You're going to immediately start looting and, like, doing your thing, and that's going to feel really good. So, like, power level-wise, I think this is cool and fun. Like, maybe... Uh, I'm trying... What am I trying to say here? I don't think it's, like, the most powerful commander, but I think your friends might think it's very powerful because you're just doing things from the get-go. That's what I'm trying to say here. Like if you're playing at a table with like less experienced players and they see you just like playing magic from turn two onwards where they're like waiting to turn four to cast their like Ranger's Path or something like that, it's going to feel more broken than it is. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it can feel a little bad. It's like, wow, he's drawn so many extra cards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, no, there's a big fatty in the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there are some fun things you can do with this. Um because you are discarding you can run containment construct and sort of like uh you know make it so that you're actually going up on cards when you're looting um if you have like teferi's ageless insight or alhamarat's archive then you're drawing two and discarding one um and if you have one of those and a mind over matter then you can just uh draw your entire library and you know probably like even if you don't kill your opponents with the the life loss trigger then you can just Thassa's Oracle them. That's probably good too. Uh, so there's a, a tiny bit of combo potential, but you know those cards cost like four or five, six mana, and it's not super easy to find them. Um, well, I guess you have you're in black, so maybe that is. But it, it'll take a little while to set that kind of thing up. Most of the time, you're just going to be dirtling and setting up reanimation. Yeah, I also think. Um... If I was going to do this, this is like a deck I would try to run like Currency Converter in because that card has seemed interesting for a while. Um, and the fact that you can like, it doesn't really like Bag of Holding kind of screws you when you're doing something like this, but Currency Converter doesn't. You just like turn one Currency Converter and Currency Converter is the card from New Capetta. Um, mm-hmm. That is whenever you discard a card, you can exile it from your graveyard. It has two tap uh, loot, draw a card, then discard a card, and it has tap Put a card exiled with currency converter into your graveyard. If it's a land, you make a treasure. If it's a non-land, you get a 2-2 black creature. So if you go like turn one currency converter, turn two, um, this guy, a turn three, you can like pitch a card, uh, get a rogue, like everyone like loses a life or whatever, you know, it just gets going really quickly. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, so just something to think about i was i was thinking about looters you know (laughs) (laughs) looters in the command zone it's pretty good all right uh, i'm ready to move on to the first rakdos commander yeah Uh, this is garna blood fist of keld one black red red for a four three legendary creature human berserker whenever another creature you control dies draw a card if it was attacking otherwise garna deals one damage to each opponent uh so who I mean, who cares about dealing damage to opponents? Yeah. <laughs> I want to draw cards. Well, actually, so, 
I actually don't want to discount that because like I actually think that like if you make enough tokens that's like you just kill everybody. You yeah. Know? I'd say like if you get a loop then yeah, of course then that that seems awesome. But and you know, in order to find the pieces to create that loop, you're going to want to draw a bunch of cards. So I yeah, think Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I I mean, it just seems like you run a bunch of tokens and like goonies, little blood gas type guys that can recur themselves easily. Uh run a bunch of sack outlets and yeah, just draw heck of cards every turn mm-hmm. um invest those cards into more guys to kill during combat uh and then eventually you get some way to, i don't know if that's like a grave crawler and a phyrexian altar or or some other combo that lets you just have a creature entering the battlefield a bunch of times uh and then you win the game i think that's, yeah. I think that's what you do Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is cool because it basically turns a lot of the um, like things that make a crappy token into draw spells. So like Hungry for More makes like a 3-1 black and red vampire with trample and lifeling and haste that you sack at the next end step. Well, you can just like hit them and after it's dealt damage, sack it to draw the card because it's still an attacker. Um, stuff like that. Uh, so it like turns these like crappy... Uh, token makers that you would never really want to play in commander into like draw spells which is pretty rad and then yeah like i said like if you fire cat blitz with like sack outlets you can just like attack somebody for a million or like tempt with vengeance like attack a bunch of people and then like sack all of your guys and like dealing 15 to 20 to everyone like two or three turns in a row is all you need to like win the game from that point so I think this is cool. I, I, I really like Garna, um, and I think this is a really fun way to build a deck. The next card we're going to talk about would I would put into a Garna deck. Um, do you mind if I read off this next commander? Sure. So this is Legomos Hand of Hatred. Uh, also got a lot of talk on Twitter. <laughs> so Legomos is a 1-3 human shaman for 3 mana, 1 black, red. Uh, they have at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 2-1 red elemental creature token with trample and haste, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step, and it has tap, search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle, activate if only if five or more creatures died this turn. So, uh, you know, if you are playing a four-player game and you fleshbag and you sacked your little red token... Uh, also that's five you did it i mean assuming each opponent has a creature to sack you know but it's it's pretty trivial to get the tutors rolling in this deck you can also like kind of force it you can run um the what's that one vampire that gives uh your opponents humans that's from the the last set oh there's Uh, stuff like that yeah i know what you're talking about um so uh the uh the troll there's the the land what's the like not the what the orchard the forbidden orchard mm-hmm. um there's a bunch of things that like give your opponents creatures so that you can then have them sacrifice said creatures um so that you can tutor uh, and it basically just costs you nothing <laughs> you just kind of like profit from it because you're just running all of the flesh bags um so that's pretty fun. That's cool. Um, oh, it was in Midnight Hunt. That's what I'm looking for. So that's that's like a way to build this deck. Really, like, what I don't know. What do you do with the tutor in the command zone, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, it, it, there's so many like two card combos you can easily assemble. Like off the top of my head, Kijiki Zealous Conscripts is in this color identity, but there's I'm sure more efficient ways to do it. Um, yeah, it it's not that hard. You can also um, did you mention Thornbite Staff already? I have not. No. Okay. Uh, so if you slap a Thornbite Staff on this guy, then you get. Basically, you'll when you kill your five things, you're going to get five untapped triggers. Um, so, at, assuming you're able to like kill them all at the same time, you can just tap, tutor, tap, tutor, tap, tutor. So, if there's any, I don't know, five, six card combos you're <laughs> really itching to put together, <laughs> uh, this might be a good commander for that. Um, yeah, but the really, great machine. I just realized you could run the like the summoning the stations. stations. Yeah. yeah, put all the stations together. That's pretty funny. So, okay, it could be a good commander for that. Um, but generally, you don't, you really only need like two tutors to win the yeah. game. Yeah, so the card I was thinking of is Slaughter Specialist. It's a 3-3 three, three for two. Uh, doesn't really matter. Just when it enters the battlefield, each opponent gets a 1-1 one, one white human creature. So very, very, very easy. You go turn two Slaughter Specialist, turn three this guy, turn four Flush Bag, and all of a sudden you got a card, whatever card you want. So, um, yeah, this is good (laughs) you know there's also like untap effects in general so like let's say you get off the um like you get off the five creatures that you you flesh bag you tutor for a thing you can also like thousand year elixir mage right stone patriarch seal from um the Baldur's gate stuff like that that untap your uh commander get you a few more tutors if you haven't gotten to your uh Thornbite staff, which would probably one of the first things I would tutor for <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if I was just if I only had one tutor at the mom- the moment. So, so this next card is Orca Siege Demon, um, and I always liked Lady Orca. I thought like the art was dreamy in like a like a like a Sandman type dreamy way, like a like what is mm-hmm. going on here? Who is this person? But Lady Orca was just a vanilla <laughs> creature, just like, like a, a seven for yeah just like something stupid for like seven or eight mana or something so um this is orca siege demon um a five five demon for seven mana five black red uh she has trample and whenever another creature dies put a plus one plus one counter on orca siege demon Uh, when orca dies it deals damage equal to its power divided as you choose among any number of targets so um that's pretty good um uh so basically what i would do with this is pretty similar to like things we've been talking about that black red is pretty good at doing you like come up with a loop put a bunch of counters on orca and sacker and you win the game (laughs) Mm -hmm. like uh, it seems like the best way to win Uh, and it honestly seems pretty fair because she's seven mana so not only do you have to create this loop then you have to get your seven mana commander down execute the loop and then win the game um so you could also just play her fairly and just like slam jam with your seven mana huge commander. Um, so definitely this is a this is a card that young Zach, eleven year old Zach, would have loved. But um, and I appreciate Orca Siege Demon for this reason, but definitely not a commander powerhouse, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the next card. Uh, this is Rivaz of the Claw. One black red for a 3-3 legendary creature via Shino Warlock with Menace. It has tap, add two mana in any combination of colors, spend this mana only to cast dragon creature spells. Once during each of your turns, you may cast a dragon creature spell from your graveyard. And whenever you cast a dragon creature spell from your graveyard, it gains when this creature dies, exile it. 
Um, so important to note, you can, if you have like a blink effect, you can um, kind of remove that downside text from your dragons. If you just like feed them into the conjurer's closet, they come back out without the the booby prize text. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it is, I mean, it's just kind of like a mana dork for dragons. It curves pretty well. Like you cast this on turn three, and then on turn four, you can cast some of the better dragons in this color identity, like Ancient Copper Dragon, Hellkite Tyrant, Lathless. Um, seems, uh, h- how do you like it compared to Zirulon of the Claw? Yeah, I'm happy to see another member of the family. Um, this one is very good. I, I very much like this. Um, if I was still on that bent, and I, I might someday make this deck just with the cards I had. This is a cards on your desktop commander to me. Um, where like, oh, you know, I just have all these like fat dragons sitting around. <laughs> I might put this together. Um, but this is a very cool dragon commander. I think this is just exactly what like players who want to play with their big stupid dragons want to do. Um, they've been really hitting the nail on the head with these dragon designs. The last like Miriam and Tamur, Rivez here with black red. Um, so I, I think this is great. Um, it, yeah, it works really well with anything that works really well with like unearth, uh, or, um, what's the buyback spell? Shallow, not shallow graves. Um, Oh, uh, Corpse Dance? Corpse Dance, yeah, stuff like that. Um, So definitely jam all that. Conjurer's Closet, um, whatnot. So, yeah, I'm just a big fan of Revis of of the Claw. Uh, I think it's really funny that he is Menace, because, like, when am I ever going to do (laughs) There's already, like, eight lines of text on the card. I don't know why (laughs) they bothered to throw that on there. Yeah, like it's you know it's kind of it's it's cool that he's scary. I guess maybe that's it's like flavor text. Like, oh okay, yeah. I guess people in world think this guy is like spooky, but like you didn't need to do that. Like, I'm just gonna <laughs> cast my like big dragons and be happy. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Um, do you want to get into this next commander? Sure. Uh, this is Roga Carekeep Overlord. Three black red for a four four legendary creature kobold warrior. Other kobolds you control get plus two plus two. Whenever you cast a kobold spell, you may pay two. If you do, create a four four red dragon creature token with flying. Whenever you cast a dragon spell, create a zero one red kobold creature token named Kobolds of Care Keep. Um, so, well, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, when I it kind of reminds me of Rin and Sari in that, you know, it looks like you're trying to cast two different things, but if you cast changelings, then you get both of them. So Mm -hmm. if you cast like your changeling outcast and pay two mana, then you get a four, four dragon and a two, three kobold. Um, So that, I don't know, that could be something. Yeah, I do. So I think it is very funny that like, if you actually do play the like five other kobolds that cost one or zero in the deck, you just basically get free or not free, but like two mana four, four flyers. Like, yeah, that is a pretty cool incentive. But I think the fact that there's only like five of them means that like, that's not what you're doing. You're not, they, you're not, they doing that. definitely thought ahead. Like the, the mana gate on there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that came, came from playtesting that involved a cloudstone curio. Is yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, it's cause, you know, you know, it's good with Cloudstone Curio, zero mana creatures. Um, mm-hmm. so 
definitely funny. Um, I think you can still you could run the like maskwood nexuses and whatnot in here, a uh, conspiracy and sure, and get get some stuff going that uh, you either get free kobolds for sack fodder or you get dragons for cheap. So I think there's stuff to do with this commander. The five mana commanders are exceedingly fair these days, and this one with like a mana gate. Uh, with like a pump ability this just seems like fun fair magic so like if you're doing everything tribal pumps your whole team gives you some free guys it seems fine you know mm-hmm. uh moving on to the next five mana commander this is torwaki the younger three black red for a three three legendary creature human archer with reach and lifelink if another source you control would deal non-combat damage to a permanent or player it deals that much damage plus one to that permanent or player instead Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Torwaki the Younger deals two damage to any target. Uh, so you know you cast an instant or sorcery, and you essentially get a lightning helix. Um, so to me, this suggests like you just want to run a bunch of cheap cantrips and lightning helix the hell out of stuff. Uh, if you throw death touch equipment on Torwaki, um, then they're even more lethal, but but I think the the biggest downside to this commander is that you have to untap with your five mana commander still alive. Yeah, and you're in red black, so like it's a little bit easier now with the treasure producers that we may or may not have available to you. But like, uh, yeah, definitely, I think this is gated by the fact that it is a five mana commander. But really cool, like I, I um, what's the card? It was Sacred Fire in um midnight hunt that did this the deal to gain two uh and just the ability to do that like it takes out a lot of commanders that are pretty annoying to deal with i mean just in this episode we've had like uh over like nine (laughs) of, of the commanders we've talked about at this point have been uh two damage killable so i think that like you'll always have something to do you can always just like feel something to the face it's a really easy way to get rid of planeswalkers because you just kind of keep doing what you're doing um and like cast your spells and keep going with their game plan so yeah i think mana rocks are just like a must you know you just kind of have to like play them to make sure that you can keep casting torwaki um but other than that uh, I think the deck kind of just makes itself. You're going to cast your favorite instants and sorceries in black and red, perhaps a Mizium's Master, or Mizzix's Mastery, maybe some wheels, perhaps some kill spells. Uh, what else is there to do that's fun in black, red? Uh, Sign and Blood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. How many, uh, how many cards are there that, like, kill things that were dealt damage this turn? Like, there's you are oh, already dead, question. of course. Um but that could be fun. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a good home I mean, if you like that card. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, I, th- I think we can move on, though. Um, are you ready to get into the Gruul commanders? Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, first, we've got General Marhalt Elves Dragon. Uh, it is two red green for a 4-4 legendary creature elf warrior. Whenever a creature you control becomes blocked, it gets plus three, plus three until end of turn for each creature blocking it. Uh, so I kind of want to run this guy with a bunch of lure effects. Um, yep. Yeah. And yeah, then, I mean, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So that 
that's pretty much all you have to do. You know, <laughs> you you play a guy, um, indestructible guys like the predator ooze or whatever is like optional. You attack, you lure and attack and profit. So yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff you can do to profit, which I think I just cut you off from talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, no worries. So there are things like uh, Angel's Trumpet, which grants all things vigilance. Uh, there's Awakening or Benefactor's Drought, which or Draft. Yeah, um, yeah, Draft. Draft, uh, which can uh, untap your opponent's creatures and ensure that they are able to block your lured creature. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple fun things mm-hmm. like that, uh, but. Really, it's just good for annihilating your opponent's creatures. Yeah. And and then Naeth, too, um, draws you cards when they block, right? Oh, is yeah. That, Go, is that let me, true? Let me, uh, let me whenever more... That. Yeah, fight or become blocked. You draw a card. Mm. Yeah, so that that's another fun thing to do in red-green. So this is uh, pretty fun, pretty fair. Um, I like that it's a 4-4 four, four for 4, because even if you have nothing else, like... At least your uh, your guy's gonna get in there and slam. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, definitely a very straightforward red green commander. Um, this next one is like very, very sil- like I I like had to reread it a bunch of times, and I'm like, wow, what? <laughs> this is crazy. Um, this is the Lady of Otaria. This is a five five avatar for five mana, three red green. Uh, you may tap three untapped dwarves you control rather than paying the spell's mana cost. Um, and then it has, at the beginning of each end step, if a land you controlled was put into a graveyard from the battlefield this turn, reveal the top four cards of your library. You may put any number of dwarf cards from among them into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So, um, I did not expect the dwarf tribal. Um, I did. I did not, especially not in green. You know, yeah. not well, not something I was looking for. <laughs> supposedly, this was a top-down design, so that yeah. explains why it's so weird. Um, but yeah, definitely a strange one. Uh, there's only sixty-seven dwarves and changelings plus seven seven dwarves uh, yeah. in this color identity. <laughs> so you don't get to be very choosy if you're trying to have like a high density of dwarves to to draw a lot of cards off of your your land dying trigger um then yeah you gotta yeah, just kind of say yes you, to whatever you got yeah you're gonna have a lot of crappy limited fodder commons in there um it's i mean like fetch lands help trigger it like harrow mm-hmm. and roiling regrowth can help trigger it um but uh, i would just like if you're trying to do dwarf things just play like magda or even Dipala. like this is not no they're gonna have to print a lot yeah they're gonna have to print a lot more cool dwarves like the coolest dwarf they've printed in the last few years is magda which is like just gets cooler and cooler as sets go on and they keep printing cool treasure producers and dragons and whatnot um and like until they start until we get a set with like some cool green dwarves like there's not really a lot to do with this. Like, it's cool that the green adds all, all the fetches. It adds the crop rotation, the um, harrow. Like, it, it green adds the land stuff, but like, dwarves as a reward is interesting. And then, can you clarify for me if I'm tapping three dwarves, do I, I still pay the commander tax, right? So I tap three dwarves and pay two mana. 
Correct. To cast Lady or- 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 of Orteria. Okay, cool. So yeah, the mm-hmm. second time would be three doors and a two. So just for me and the listeners at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we can keep on moving. Do you want to get into this next one, which I was very excited about. And then when we dug into, I was like, damn it. Oh yeah, this is super mean. Um, so this is Maria, or maybe Maria, Scholar of Antiquity. One red-green for a 3-3 legendary creature elf artificer. Tap an untapped non-token artifact you control, add green, and tap two untapped non-token artifacts you control. Exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. Uh, uh-oh. So, yep. uh, well, some of the things that you can tap to produce mana or draw cards are Winter Orb, Static Orb, Storage Matrix, and Trinisphere. Uh, so this is not not likely to lead to incredibly fun games we've seen this happen with urza uh this is cheaper it it doesn't work quite so well with tokens um the color identity is a little bit weirder for an artifact deck but who cares i get to untap my lands and you don't yep uh i really have much to add to this i mean you can definitely like try and do something fun and fair with this and just play a bunch of like cheap artifacts and like create machines and synergy engines but like the fact that like the best thing to do with this is like your like uh howling mine in winter orb you're like all right uh tap these things uh like so you don't get them and i get to untap and all this stuff it's like mm-hmm. oh that's pretty gnarly <laughs> yeah because that, that is another one so howling mine you can just tap so no one else gets the, the card draw card and then it, you leave it untapped for your turn <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like a two mana draw an extra card change so kind of kind of mean yeah but it's oh, well. it's powerful right? yeah very yeah very strong it's ri- and you know what i do like that they keep innovating for green red like this like uh, mm-hmm. faldorn with the Baldur's gate commander decks and um and we saw some stuff with azorius like these colors even though for the most part, like if you don't think about it, you're like, oh yeah, Azorius has got a lot of commanders, or Gruul's got a lot of commanders. But when you look, like the depth of the commanders is very shallow. So whenever they innovate like this, even if it's like something I'm not interested in or something that ends up kind of mean, I'm I'm happy because it means that they're like pushing new directions and opening up more design space for these colors that really were like I hit or like I control. So this is cool. You know, in general, I'm happy with it. Um, the next one is. Uh, is pretty funny because it looks pretty shallow and it's actually a little bit deeper than than that. Um, can I read off Rada Coalition Warlord? Yes, go for it. Yeah, so Rada is a 3-3 elf warrior uh, for 4 mana, 2 red green, and just again, her name is Rada Coalition Warlord. Uh, when she attacks... Uh, oh, sorry, not even attacks. When Rada Coalition Warlord becomes tapped... Another target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of basic land types among lands you control. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this is, it's Gruul, uh, and a lot of these domain commanders, I'm very, 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 very happy that they are green, because this is the first of a few of them that we're going to read off. Because yeah. you can run Prismatic Omen, you can run Dry to the Elysian Grove. Um, there's another one too, right? Am I missing something? There's a couple more, like Nylea's Presence, yeah. uh, Lush Growth. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple things. You can run Urborg in any color identity. Yeah, and yeah, um, you have Maya, but you're already in green. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a handful of cards that can uh, just add basic land types. It's not 
incredibly easy, but um, yeah. you can search for some of these things. Like you're in green, you can search for a creature like Dry of the Leasing Grove or a land like Herborg mm-hmm. or Thran Portal. So yeah, and uh, we're not going. We're, we're going to mention domain stuff before. The, I don't necessarily want to keep talking about them. Yeah, we'll just say Dry like the the, run the domain package uh, every time yeah. we talk about the domain commander. Yes, exactly. Um, for this one, I'd, I'd say, like, you know, honestly, the rewards on all these domain commanders are terrible considering <laughs> how much work you have to go through. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not stoked about this. Like, it caps out at, you know, when she becomes tapped, her creature gets plus five, plus five until end of turn, um, which is pretty not stellar for a four mana commander. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like, so you you can do like if you can um get like the untap untap loop, like you do end up winning because you can fling, uh, you can do a bunch of stuff. You, with you just that. do it to like an untapped or an unblocked attacker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can pump like uh three different like one one flyers or like menace guys or something, you know, and then just kill people that way. But um. That's true of like most colors. Like, uh, if I can tap and untap something infinitely, I probably can win. Yeah, especially in a green color identity means because that yeah easily converts into infinite mana. Yeah, I learned this the hard way with Willow Dusk. I had to cut all of the (laughs) infinite untap cards because I was like, oh, this is oh, I just win trivial. Yeah, (laughs) so sorry everybody. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, but. This being like a four mana commander that takes considerably much more work. Uh, maybe you're into that. Maybe you're into the challenge. But uh, we're also mentioning a lot of four mana green and red commanders uh, like this next one. Um, oh, good transition. Yeah. Can I read uh, off this guy? Go for it. This is Rulik Mons Warren Chief. Uh, this is a three three goblin for four mana, one red, green, green. They have menace. And whenever Rulik Mons War and Chief attacks, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land, you may put it onto the battlefield tapped. If you didn't put a card onto the battlefield this way, you get a 1-1 red goblin creature token. So this is this is it, right? This is the pinnacle of goblin tribal. Right? That's <laughs> what we, we got here. Uh, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is pretty... Uh, this kind of strange like it's weird to be in the same set as squee 3.0 exactly uh, yeah because like okay you can attack and maybe i will get a goblin token or maybe i will get a land there there are some ways you can like at least know what you're going to hit ahead of time like with mm. auger of autumn or like rata 3.0 um both let you look at the top card of your library but it's i don't know like this this is more work than like, if you want goblins, this is more work than a lot of other goblin commanders. And if you want <laughs> lands, there's a better ways to do that too. Um, yep. I'm, I'm just not crazy about this commander. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's like, uh, like you said, you can mitigate it. You got your sensei's tops and whatnot, but like, yeah, I don't know. I guess we can just keep on, <laughs> keep on moving uh I, well actually i do want to mention this one thing so this is the something that uh alex uh, mentioned that i think is actually worth talking about is like polymorphs are actually kind of interesting with this because he just gives you the token 
that's not necessarily like specific to Rulik Mons. Like that's specific to like any like commander you, you could like continually polymorph things with. Any commander that gives you a token, you can polymorph that token into like an actual creature. So that's something. And the fact that red is getting more of them is like not nothing, but uh, just want to throw that out there. Um, do you want to move on to the next four mana gruel commander? Yes. Uh, so next one is Stang Echo Warrior. Uh, two red green for a three four legendary creature human warrior. When it attacks, create Stang Twin, a legendary three four red and green human warrior creature token. It enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. For each aura and equipment attached to Stang, create a token that's a copy of it attached to Stang Twin. Sacrifice all tokens created this way at the beginning of the next end step. So uh, Sundial of the Infinite works pretty well. Uh, you can uh, just prevent the things from being sacrificed and, and keep them around for a little longer. Um, there are a handful of ways to uh, kind of keep some of the like token artifacts and, and auras. Like if you have an Essica's Chariot or Mirror Works or a Second Harvest, uh, you can either make extra copies of those tokens um blood forged battle axe also works pretty well like you can uh you know when you get the blood forged battle when you get the blood forged battle axe trigger you'll get tokens that will stick around forever um there's also like there are ways to make use of your your artifact tokens before they go poof um, mm-hmm. You can sacrifice them to like a Goblin Welder or a KCI or a Kuldotha Forge Master, just like any number of decent artifact sack outlets. Um, there, yeah, so there's a couple things you can do. Um, mm-hmm. But it's kind of a, a weird deck. Kind of like all, all the dirtily things you can do with the tokens just kind of slow you down when your primary game plan, like, involves suiting up your commander and attacking with it <laughs> yeah this is like a very zach card <laughs> like <laughs> i love doing that kind of stuff like the battle axe the bloodford battle axe in particular is like very cool to me because like it's this like i know people really like bloodforge battle axe and i've never really like had like a crazy good time I mean, it's fine you know it's like a i recognize the strength in the card but like um, I've never really cared to play it except for with staying when you're like not only getting copies, you're like doubling the copies you're getting, you're doing a bunch of extra goofy stuff. Um, the goofy stuff is the stuff that like really makes me like a deck. And so usually what ends up happening with a deck like staying is like I put in that kind of dirtily stuff that were like uh, the statuary where you can tap the tokens for mana uh, to cast incense or whatever on your combat or that, uh, whatever Tia and Kieran Nalar, stuff like that. Um, and then, like, have to rein it back in because I put too many dirtily things in a deck. And so this this really, like, speaks to me on, like, a very personal level of, like, it seems like one thing, but you, there's a lot of extra, like, build to it and, like, making the deck work. I just still have to take my veggies and do that. But I was, like, making a Stang from Legends deck anyway and just, like, hadn't had the time or money to like complete it so i might just make a 
Echo Warrior deck that has a lot more (laughs) (laughs) that you can do with it. So I I really like this. I think this is cool. And there's, like you said, there's a lot of tech. And there's also things that like sack themselves or things that like have ETBs. Uh, I don't know. Did you get into all of that? There's so many things. I don't know if we got into all of them, but like, yeah, something really cool is like Bramble Armor that like the creature it's enchanting fights. So, um, that kind of stuff is like really, really cool. Um, so you get your Stang Twin with the Bramble Armor on it, and the Stang Twin fights something too. So it's like recurrable fight as every time you attack with Stang 1.0. Um, so that that's really cool. There, there's like a million things that are good with this deck. I don't know if we want to keep getting into them. Gilded Pinions that makes a treasure. Um, Mask of Immolation and the Wolf Rider Saddles, Trailblazer's Torch. You yeah, know, like. Definitely worth looking into. I I think we do have to keep moving. Move yeah. <laughs> let's let's keep moving. But there's a ton of stuff, so it's really cool. Um, this next one not as deep. This is uh, Jasmine Boreal of the Seven. Uh, definitely the art rules though. Uh, this oh is yeah, it is very good. Very good. Uh, so this is a two four human druid for three mana, one green white. Uh, she has tap. Add green white, spend this mana only to cast creature spells with no abilities. Uh, and then has creatures you control with no abilities can't be blocked by creatures with abilities. I um, hate reading. I just can't yeah. stand <laughs> reading. Do you think yeah. this commander is the right one for me? Mm, I don't want to think. I just want to swing. I mm-hmm. just wa- I want to see my dinosaur hit big, big hit. True. And then that's how magic works. Um, so yeah, so like... It's interesting because we have to have this discussion every time they print something like this, like cycling immediately that that's not a vanilla creature anymore. You know, like if you cast your your cycler, yeah, it has utility in your hand because it has an activated ability. So all of a sudden it doesn't get unblockable and is just a a stupid little bear in your hand that Mm -hmm. Jasmine Boreal cares not about. So be careful with that kind of stuff. Also, your text list, Omnath 4.0. Uh, yes. Just because it doesn't have text on there, still has abilities. Yeah, <laughs> watch out! <laughs> watch, watch out, out. everybody! Uh, but yeah, I, this is a, a very silly commander. Um, I, I'm not crazy about this. Like, it makes your tokens unblockable. That's kind of cool. Um, but like, actually, just like vanilla tribal, I, I, I've said it before. I don't think this is the way to do it i think villa vanilla tribal has to be really pushed because like just like casting a vorst claw like a six mana seven seven on turn four and then having it be unblockable is still like not that good still not how you win games of commander um i mean granted like you are in color identity to like you know then hit that with a hunter's insight but you have to be super careful about what cards you're using because like hunter's insight is cool that doesn't add abilities but hunter's prowess uh does actually add abilities to the card (laughs) uh so it is no longer vanilla and is and can therefore be blocked so um be careful uh do you have any thoughts about this card yes so the one piece of (laughs) one piece of tech i've been able to find for this card is actually um this it's uh warrior's lesson from born of the gods it's a green instant it says until end of turn up to two target creatures gain whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player draw a card um 
So like if you want to one mana draw some like once they're unblocked and or you want like they got some tokens in the way because this is matches up terribly with tokens. Like if they have tokens, like you're just never getting in there with your guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of a sudden you can give like the tokens text and get through <laughs> or something stupid like that. So that's like pretty funny. But um, there's also like if there's instance that target uh, like creatures that give vigilance or something like that, those will work too. But this was like one green mana to do this. It seemed, seemed decent. It's a card draw spell in Mm -hmm. here. Commanders color identity. So it's pretty funny. Um, but I guess let's move on to King Darien. Do you want, this is the 58, right? King Darien, 48, 48. Oh, damn. Okay. So it's King Darien X L V I I I. Um, Oh yeah, forty-eight because XL. Yeah, duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so King Darian, uh, forty-eight is a two-three human soldier for three mana, one green white. Uh, he has other creatures you control get plus one plus one. Uh, has three green white. Put a plus one plus one counter on King Darian and create a one-one white soldier creature token and sacrifice King Darian creature tokens you control gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Um. So the, you you have some important stuff, and then I want to ask you a question after you're done. Sure. Uh, so I'll say, like, I think this buff is, like, not very significant in Commander. You know, we usually uh, are, are most interested in buffs of, like, two power or greater. Also, like, the activated ability on this, like, is so, so overcosted. Um, like, this is probably fairly costed for a sealed game at the pre-release, so that you just don't completely overwhelm your opponent, but yeah. <laughs> uh, this is not costed for a commander. Like I can't imagine taking a turn off to do this. Um, the wrath, <laughs> the wrath protection is not bad. The the sacrifice ability I kind of like. Um, you can pretty safely like commit a bunch of tokens to the board and pump them up, and you'll be able to protect them from a board wipe. You can also like potentially. I, I don't know if this is awesome, but uh, you could break the symmetry on your own board wipes if you wanted to um, and just clear the path for your tokens. But uh, what, yeah. what's your question? Uh, so do you think one day we will just have a legendary version that is better than every creature that has existed? Because this is basically Dauntless Escort, but like better and legendary. <laughs> well, D- Dauntless Escort does protect your non-token creatures. So I will uh, permit that this isn't pure power creep um but i do love seeing this ability i love like dauntless mm-hmm. escort type creatures um, yeah dauntless escort is just a just a homie you know just he's always looking out for you mm-hmm. uh and so king darian doing a similar thing it seems seems pretty good to me um it, it is just, nice oh sorry uh-huh. no no what were you gonna say uh it is nice that we're seeing like more cards that combine hexproof with indestructible like you know, giving things hexproof until end of turn is a narrow answer to an answer. Uh, giving things indestructible until end of turn is also kind of a narrow answer to an answer. Being able to just combine them and make your answers to answers a little bit more versatile is mm-hmm. a nice development. So happy to see yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. Um, so last thing I want to say about this guy, too, is because of that sack ability, um, he's very, very compliant with pretty much all of the white reanimation. Everything from, like, Revelark to Sun Titans, Savine's Reclamation, 
Um, all those things that get back little guys, get back uh, like small MV guys, uh, love him. So you pretty much don't have to cast this guy for like five, seven, nine, blah, 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 if mm-hmm. you don't want to, if you put uh, enough of those things in the deck. And assuming um, you're playing with like things that make tokens as well, those also help uh, rebuild your board quick. So uh, definitely, I mean, like cooler than he looks, pretty straightforward. Um, and I'm ready to move on to the next card if you are. Sure. Uh, this is Ohabi Calaria. It is one green white for a legendary creature, Elf Archer. She's a 1 3 with reach. Untap all archers you control during each other player's untap step. Whenever an archer you control deals damage to a creature, you may pay two. If you do, draw a card. Um, so there's a couple things going on here. Uh, like, on the one hand, there are a handful, a decent number of um, of archers that just directly deal damage to creatures. So you can kind of draw some cards. But what's likely to be more compelling is just granting tap abilities to your creatures. So like, you know, if you have like a cryptolith right or a glare of subdual or something or an earthcraft or diversionary tactics, blah 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 blah, uh, sitting the hierophants, you can just tap your guys uh, for mana and then have a bunch of mana open on your opponent's turns. Um, if you want to like give your things flash, you could kind of keep developing your board over time. Um, so there, that's kind of cool. Like just being having a like seedborn muse ish or a very narrow seedborn muse in the command zone is itself pretty neat uh, like setting aside the arch tribal stuff uh and then yeah you can just like you know ping attackers and blockers or or flyers and draw cards and that's fine too Mm -hmm. uh did you mention the the symbiotic deployment have we talked about this i i have not mentioned that okay so there's a card from uh apocalypse called symbiotic deployment uh this definitely hosed me as a young a young person and i have learned my lesson but symbiotic deployment is three mana enchantment it costs two and a green it says skip your draw step but it also has one tap two untapped creatures you control draw a card so you got a lot of elves or something like that you can keep drawing cards uh, they wrath your board. Uh oh. Um, but yeah. Ohabi, yeah, Ohabi helps because you you just all your archers untap. So you pay mana every turn. You can keep drawing cards, and you might be able to draw more cards in a round of turn than normal. Um, just don't get wrathed. Yep. Oh, and uh, one last thing I want to say before we move on. Uh, of course, a lot of your archers because they deal damage directly. Uh, it's very good to give them death touch. So run the death touch. Equipment oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you won't be disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's keep on keep on moving. This is Queen Alenel uh, of uh, Raudak. 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 Yeah, God, these old it's, names were terrible. Yeah, if someone Very... knows the actual way to pronounce it. I'm going to say Queen Alenel, and you'll just have to guess the last the of part. So uh, Queen Alenel is a star star elf noble for green white white. Uh, Queen Elenel's power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures you control. Uh, if one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, those tokens plus a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token are created instead. So anytime you make a token, you get a soldier for free. 
um, you know, just uh, on the house. Mm-hmm. So, uh, definitely good. I mean, this is definitely like similar to Chatterfang. Chatterfang obviously is much better. You get a lot more squirrels and you can do a lot more with them just on the face. But getting more tokens is never bad. You, there's always stuff to do with them. Um, and you're pretty much doing that. So if you've ever made a Selesnia token list, that here you go. You uh, you did it. <laughs> yes, uh, you do want to prioritize things that like make tokens over time or like triggered abilities that make tokens like Scoot Swarm, uh, Tender Shoot Dryad, Wolverine Riders, Launch the Fleet. All these things that like make a bunch or, or rather make a one one many many times are just a lot better than like oh march of the multitudes i make x guys plus one uh <laughs> so that's you're you're probably better off more instances also it is worth noting um there is some combo potential with this commander so if you have a sack outlet and a requiem angel then you get infinite of whatever the sack outlet produces um, so Requiem Angel is five and a white for a five-five creature angel with flying. Whenever another non-spirit creature you control dies, create a one-one white spirit creature token with flying. So uh, let's say you have Requiem Angel in your commander and any other creature. Um, you sacrifice that other creature. Requiem Angel is going to trigger and it will create a one-one white spirit. And uh, your queen is going to make a soldier in addition to that. So you can then sacrifice that soldier because the soldier is not a spirit. Requiem Angel is going to trigger again uh, and so on and so forth. So you get infinite spirits, uh, infinite of whatever your sack outlet produces uh, and you're in good color identities to like search up a creature. Um, you might be a little harder to find the sack outlet, but you can just run a bunch of them. There's plenty in this color identity. Uh, so keep that in mind as a potential finish if you're having trouble like just winning with a bunch of tokens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's cool. I actually think uh, I always forget about Requiem Angel, but like there are more things to do with it now, which actually is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I should remember that more often. Um, can I get into this next commander? Yes, go ahead. So this is. Torsten, founder of Banalia. This is a 7-7 human soldier for 7 mana, 5 green-white. When Torsten, founder of Banalia, enters the battlefield, reveal the top 7 cards of your library, put any number of uh, creature and or land cards from among them into your hand and the rest onto the bottom of your library in a random order. And when Torsten dies, create 7-1-1 white soldier creature tokens. <laughs> so something before we talk about the actual content of the card is Volkenbaga did the art, Volkenbaga rules, uh snuck a lot of sevens into the art as well. So that's kind of like a fun little Easter egg to look at all the the seven things that are going on there. Uh, mm-hmm. so if you get a chance, uh go for that. Should be pretty fun. Uh but the card itself, do you wanna get into some of that? Yeah, this is a, a fun one. So uh i mean yeah sure it costs seven but whatever because it it does (laughs) a whole lot for your seven mana um so the list i'm running which you can see in the episode description is like 75 percent creatures and lands so the hit rate is quite good off of that etb ability you do just get to draw a bunch of cards um also like him dying is quite good there are some cards that will like just instantly convert seven one ones into oh i'm 
probably going to win the game now, aren't I? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you have a Cathars Crusade and you get seven one ones entering the battlefield at the same time, uh, that's quite good for you. You now have seven eight eights. Uh, if you have a Crater Hoof Behemoth, that will also turn your seven one ones into a very scary fighting force. Um, other things like Beastmaster Ascension conveniently checks to see if you have seven or more quest counters on it before it gives you your big buff. Uh, there's just a lot of cards that will, and of course, like Coat of Arms, you can run Coat of Arms. Um, yeah. So it's just a, a lot of cards in this color identity that can just like win you the game as soon as your commander dies. Um, other and and of course like you can get a lot of value just on the way to to killing your opponents like you know oh i need to sack my 7-7 to get the army i need to win the game well like greater good is a decent way to do that life's legacy is a decent way to do that um even natural order <laughs> is a decent way to do that yeah. uh th- there's just like a lot of uh great ways to draw a billion cards or tutor or something uh on your way to getting even more value it's just like value coming and going with this guy um there's also like a bunch of creatures there's a handful of creatures uh that like are creatures with flicker effects stapled onto them so like you know you cast your torsten and then you flip through your your top seven cards and it's like oh there's a charming prince so that's another seven cards deeper and like oh that one that pile of seven cards had a flicker wisp in it and yeah, you know, it takes a little bit of mana. But uh, you know, you can just do a lot. You just kind of churn through your library. It only takes what uh 12 Torsten triggers to basically see your entire library um and and get ev- and get, you know, the 75 lands and creatures from the list into your hand. Uh it, it's there's a this is a pretty sweet commander for seven mana. This is like the kind of stuff I want to see. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, absolutely. I think this is, it's just good, fun magic, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like if you just want to have like a good time with the homies, this is what you're like. Absolutely. And like I said, this is, there's a lot of commanders in this episode that are just going to be like cards on my desk, like the deck. This is absolutely one of them. You're like, Oh yeah. Beastmaster's Ascension. Oh yeah. All these things. Cause he just like, Helps you put everything together and then gives you the canned army once he dies. So, um, yeah, great. Love it. Um, and uh, we're on to the next domain commander. Can I read off this guy? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So this is uh, Zar Ojanin Sion of Efrava. Uh, this is a 4-4 cat warrior for 5 mana, 3 green white. With domain, whenever Zar... Uh, becomes tapped i guess they all are like that so whenever czar becomes tapped put well, a plus well, one pl- most of them uh, right one of them is not it, it's oh, weird dang it i know come on guys okay well yeah whenever czar becomes tapped put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control with toughness less than the number of basic land types among lands you control um so all like assuming you have the domain package uh, on the battlefield, like some part of it, uh, your things with less than five toughness get counters every time this gets tapped. Um, so if you can untap it a bunch of times, like perhaps you have an uh, honor worn shaku or something like that, and some way to untap it, 
you can pump your guys pretty easily, put a lot of counters for like not a lot of effort. Uh, but it also is a five mana commander. So that's kind of a lot of effort. So, you know, <laughs> Oh, also notable that he will put a counter on himself. If you do have full domain, like the all five and, um, enter combat. So, um, that's something, you know, uh, Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to add? No, I, I'm honestly, well, uh, there is like a four card combo you can do if you are interested in that. Like there's Thornbite Staff and two Persist Creatures and a Phyrexian Altar or Thornbite Staff, one Persist Creature and Ashnod's Altar. But that just seems like a crazy amount of work. Uh, we We've mentioned like, 10 better combo commanders already and we're only like halfway through uh all yeah. the commanders <laughs> we're, so. we're over halfway through we're okay halfway. all right we're, yeah, we're yeah. getting there we're getting there um i i'm ready to just move on uh to the and- next guy all right our next commander is aaron benelia's ruin it is white white black for a three three legendary creature phyrexian human with menace and it has white, black, tap, sacrifice another creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Uh, so, what do you think about this commander? Um, so this is, like, m- more interesting than I thought. Like, I saw it at first, and I was like, eh. And then it ended up being a little bit more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Um, basically, like, you're in white and black, so you have uh, a lot of persist things you can do with it. Um, it's, it shakes off those counters. Uh, it also just like pumps your board and your tokens. So that's that's another thing you can do. And the fact that he's three mana is like pretty nice. You can get your game plan going pretty early. Uh, and it puts uh, no, it does not put it on him. So forget I just said that. <laughs> but. Um, that's pretty interesting. There are 11 persist creatures in this color identity. Uh, so you can kind of like every turn get something going with that. Um, the other thing that uh, you can do is uh, like create twilight drover loops. So you're already in black, white, you're already going to have some loops going, but now you uh, get silly value things when you have like a big flyer to block and get in the way and stuff like that. So that's interesting. There's not really a lot going on here other than that, though, so I don't know if there's anything you want to add to this. No, I'm I'm happy to move on to the next commander. Um, okay. This is Elas Ilkor, Sadistic Pilgrim. White-black for a 2-2 legendary creature Phyrexian Core Cleric with Death Touch. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Whenever another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life. So it's pretty much an aristocrat. Um, it, I mean, it works well with like Viridian Longbow because it has Death Touch. Um, you can also, you know, slap a like a Thornbite Staff on it and pay two mana to murder stuff. Uh, if you have Darien King of Keldor, then like when you take damage, you make make a bunch of guys and then gain a bunch of life. So there's some synergy there um but i i don't know it, i i think that like there are enough blood artist effects and enough like soul sisters effects 
that I'd rather have something in the command zone that solves for like a lot of creatures entering the battlefield and or dying rather than like just having the soul sister slash blood artist in my command zone. I don't know how you feel. No, I kind of agree. I think this is the cleanest version of this we've gotten um, to be fair. And like having the death touch is like really nice. Um, just a little extra thing to do with it. So yeah, I, I like a lot uh, LS and I, I think that uh, in general, this is like a cool, cool thing to do, but I don't really have much more to say than what you said, I guess. So if you want to keep on moving, I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, yes. Let's move on to Radadrabic of Urborg. Two white black for a 3-3 legendary creature zombie wizard. It has vigilance and ward two. Other zombies you control have vigilance. And whenever another legendary creature you control dies, create a token that's a copy of that creature except it's not legendary and it's a 2-2 black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. So there's a couple cool things you can do. Like if you have Ashnod's altar and Nim death mantle, um, you can kind of just like loop the same legend over and over. Uh, let's see if you have like uh hell's caretaker, you could swap a token for the original legend that it was. Yose mm-hmm. seems very, very good in this list. Um, just getting extra Yose triggers and you're in a good color identity to recur Yose uh, seems like it could lock your opponents down pretty effectively. Yeah, um, pretty much agree with with all that. I think there's some pretty interesting loops that you can do with with this. Um, so the Hell's Caretaker one is like pretty interesting fun and interesting uh i was trying to think up other things there's just like a lot of uh legends now in this color so like you can uh create a lot of um value engines between them all and with things that like sat creatures so this is really like um if you had a creature that like did something fun in uh in black white that you've like enjoyed playing with or something like that, then like this is kind of a way to juice it a little bit more. I don't know if that like is anything though. <laughs> like there's, there's definitely a just like engine loops with when you, uh, if you throw a bunch of artifacts into a deck, you're probably going to end up comboing accidentally. That's kind of how like white black legends are at this point. Like you're just going to end up with like enough value and like sack uh, sack outlets and like token producers and et cetera, et cetera, that like you can keep something going, even if it's clunky. So like champion of stray souls is a good example of that where like, it's very, very clunky, but when it's working, it's working. So like, if you can champion with a Yose tapping down the whole board, then like that's, that's definitely worth it. Even though like it's a pretty big, uh, juice that you're trying to squeeze there. So, Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool. I think this is a cool commander. I think we're going to see some crazy things with it. Very easy to lock everyone down. Um, you know? Yeah. I mean, even just like using the other uh, dragon spirit, like getting multiple mm-hmm. Kokushos also seems fairly strong. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, one might say, mm-hmm. you know, gaining a ton of life and whatnot. Um, 
So we're on to uh, black green now, and this is the next domain guy. This is Bortuk Bone Rattle. Uh, so it's a, I love, it's a troll shaman. I love him, but I don't <laughs> love his like card necessarily. But he's a Fantastic four four name for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, a four four troll shaman for six mana for black green domain. When Bortuk Bone Rattle enters the battlefield, so this is the ETB one. If you cast it, choose target creature card in your graveyard, return that card to the battlefield if its mana value is less than or equal to the number of basic land types among lands you control. Otherwise, put it in your hand. Um, cast it. <laughs> Come on, I'm already domaining and I have a six mana commander and you want me to cast it like come on dude no, come on they, they let so many infinite combos and loops into like the previous 30 commanders we talked about i don't know why we can't just have a little treat when we're going through all this trouble to get domain mm-hmm. hmm. shameful i don't get it yeah it is shameful oh well well uh you probably can guess what you do you play your domain things and you reanimate stuff and that's you know yeah fine. but five that's mv creatures can't even get mana positive on or whatever uh yeah. do you want to move on to the next one which is actually yeah. good yeah yeah uh this is namada primeval warden so namada is a three four tree folk for four mana two black green uh they have reach and if a creature an opponent controls would die exile it instead when you do create a one one green cyberling creature token uh, and then has two activated abilities. Green sacrifices Saperling. Namada gets plus two plus two until end of turn. And one black sacrifice two Saperlings. Draw a card. Um, so this, I mean, on the surface of four mana graveyard, four mana graveyard hosers are like better than they look. Like just getting that for free, really like getting that is like a bonus. Like you're going to be playing all the things that get Saperlings. There's a million things that get Saperlings. Um, and you're going to be doing those second two abilities mostly. That's like your active game plan. But the passive, like no one can do graveyard shenanigans, turns off so many decks. Like think about how many decks you've listened to in the two hours previous to this conversation right here, where we mentioned graveyard shenanigans and death loops and blah blah blah. So that that on its own is worth something. Um, but overall, the deck is like pretty. Uh normal not boring but just like you're gonna run your value black and green things you're gonna run your sapperling things you're probably gonna win with like some i mean if you want to go easy mode crater hoof if you want to go harder you can try some like sack loops and like token loops and stuff like that um well i you may be burying the lead i think there's one like strategy that we, we really got to talk about with regards oh, to yeah. Mata. sure uh and and that is like if you have a way to convert like your creatures into your opponent's dead creatures, then you can uh, just kind of feed that and you like constantly get new fodder for that engine. So like, you know, if you have a grave pact, I sack my sapperling and then all of my opponents each sacrifice a creature and then those get exiled and I get three more sapperlings. So I'm up on the exchange or like even just if you're doing an attrition, like I sack my sapperling to kill your guy, your guy gets exiled. I get a new sapperling like you're it seems incredibly if you get like, you know, the the four or five cards that do this that allow you to convert my, your 
dead creatures into your opponent's dead creatures, uh, then you can just control the board super easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, this this kind of ends up being. You're right. I did bury the lead a little bit. Um, this ends up being a like pretty pretty good like it's like a sapperling deck with this like heavy control element to it and that is like pretty strong <laughs> honestly mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy so um yeah i don't know if there's anything else you want to say about this or if we want to keep on moving uh, i think we can move on to the last uh golgari commander we have yeah this is erg spawn of turg uh Black, black, green for a star five legendary creature frog beast. Its power is equal to the number of land cards in your graveyard. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard, and then you can pay black, green, sacrifice a land to gain two life. Uh, How do you feel about Urg and how it compares to other legendary frog? (laughs) In black, green that deal with lands? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I... Am not super crazy high on Erg. I mean, Erg is uh, a cheap, big beater. It is very easy to get a lot of lands into your graveyard, um, especially in black green. Um, I mean, like having the little bit of like value going through your like on your upkeep, looking at the top card, whatever, blah blah blah. But like the sack ability is absolutely like nothing. You know, um, it's it's pretty lackluster like if you see this and you're like frog beast hell yeah like i mean this is a voltron deck you're gonna have a lot of power really quickly so like all the things that deal with that go for it like uh you get to play around with the graveyard you get to play around with lands you're gonna have like a 10-5 pretty quickly uh you know sure but there's a lot of voltron so uh, i feel the same way i feel about most voltron decks which is uh not super highly <laughs> mm-hmm yeah, I'm I'm definitely not in love with this. I don't even think I would run it in Gitrog because it just doesn't provide anything of value. Like, okay, I can kind of surveil once per turn. That's fine. Uh, but like, I don't want to pay mana to sacrifice my lands just to gain a little bit of life. Like, yeah, I think that's like, honestly, the escape valve trinket text for like limited where you're like oh no my erg is a little baby what do i do (laughs) like (laughs) well if i sack these two lands and gain four life then i can i have a seven five and i can make a profitable attack or something like that like i think honestly that is what is going on here um as like kind of crappy is that is uh because it's a it's pretty it's pretty crappy (laughs) you know (laughs) it's not not the best so i don't know i guess let's just keep on moving because the next card we have a lot to talk about oh yes we're into green blue now uh so this is ivy gleeful spell thief it is green blue for a 2-1 legendary creature fairy rogue with flying uh whenever a player casts a spell that targets only a single creature other than ivy you may copy that spell a copy targets ivy and notably, like a copy of an aura spell becomes a token. A copy of a mutate creature becomes a token. Um, so I, there's a couple ways to build this deck. Um, my list is mostly just, which of course you can see in the episode description, uh, is mostly focused on just like cheap cantrips that target creatures. And there's a lot of ways to build around that. So like 
Season of Growth is great, uh, which is one in a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature enters a battlefield in your control, scry one. Whenever you cast a spell that targets a creature you control, draw a card. There's also, of course, like Archmage Emeritus. Uh, whenever you cast or copy an instant sorcery spell, draw a card. Triton Fortune Hunter, Heroic. When you cast a spell that targets, draw a card. Storm Chaser Drake. Whenever Storm Chaser Drake becomes the target of a spell you control, draw a card. So lots of neat little engines uh that make it so that like the base case of like i have ivy i have another creature i cast a crappy cantrip targeting this other creature it gets copied on on ivy i spent like one mana and draw two cards okay that's pretty good uh but once you start getting like as you draw your cards from these crappy crappy cantrips uh and you draw into your other engines like season of growth like triton fortune hunter like storm tracer drake um then it's um it becomes like oh i spend you know one or two mana and draw three cards i spend one or two mana and draw four cards uh and you dig through your deck really really fast uh in terms of win conditions that's uh not something i spent a huge amount of time focusing on i've got like uh etherflux reservoir uh there's a wild defiance in there which is two and a green for an enchantment whenever a creature you control becomes the target of an instant or sorcery spell that creature gets plus three plus three until end of turn so uh, that stacks up pretty quickly and you can start really clocking your opponents. But uh, there's other builds that are maybe more focused on the winning and less on the drawing your deck. Um, so uh, like Alex was was focused more on a build that was like Rancor and Ancestral Mask and uh, just a bunch of like strong auras and and sort of going for like big aura beats uh whereas mine i, I just want to draw cards that's that's what i want to do <laughs> um, but uh there, there's a couple ways to build this commander there has been some interest in like running a sort of mutate list because making copies of mutate creatures is pretty fun um you can also look to um make additional copies of ivy like if you have an Arenicus's Vile Duplication or, say, uh, Vesuvian Duplomancy um, is another way to just make extra copies of Ivy. And as you get more Ivies, you get even more copies of your cantrips. Um, so that's another good way to just kind of spin off even more value. But it's, there's a lot of fun things to, to do with this commander. Uh, I, I don't think mine is like the definitive build for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's the coolest part about this commander is that it's like just so incredibly modular, you know, like like there's a million ways to build this and we're going to see cool different builds for who knows how long, you know, like we're just going to keep seeing cool (laughs) things to do with this. So very happy, really cool. Um, And two mana. So again, it's another commander that just comes down so easy, like so fast and does what it's doing like really quickly. So really cool. Um, I okay. Uh, is this is not the last domain commander, right? But it is a domain commander. Uh, this is. Uh, I, I Na- think it is the last. Is it the I, last one? There's only four. Uh, one for like each color identity with green, or each two color identity with green in it. Okay. Okay. This, this is good. This is good. Um. So we. Uh, yeah, so this is Nail Avizoa Aeronaut. I had to figure out how to say that name. 
Um, this is a 2-4 elf scout with flying for 4 mana um, that has domain. So when Nail uh, Avazoa Aeronaut deals combat damage, so they're not all similar at all. Dang it, come on. Uh, <laughs> deals combat damage to a player. Look at the top X cards of your library where X is the number of basic land types among lands you control. Put up to one of them onto the top of your library and the rest on the bottom in a random order. Then if there are five or more basic land types among lands you control, you can draw a card. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this one I feel like is fine to um, to just have not domain the whole time. But then like, you might as well just be playing any other value <laughs> commander you know <laughs> like at that point like w- there's no <laughs> like what are you what are you doing you know mm-hmm. you're like oh my two four flyer that card selects one of the top two cards in my library i'm coming in yeah and it's in a set with like 65 legendary creatures like i, I <laughs> guess they can all be bangers but like this is not one i find super compelling like this is so little reward for your effort Mm. yeah the i mean if you do put the domain package in here and you attack and you look at the top five and draw the the best one of the top five like you're getting a decent amount of value at that point but again it's like why why Mm -hmm. (laughs) like mm, not the most compelling uh, and the payoff is like nothing in particular. So I feel like it just leads you to good stuff after you've put in all of the domain package, you know, you're like, well, yeah. I got my prismatic omen time to draw my good stuff cards. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's not super, super fun. But mm-hmm. uh, the next card is pretty interesting. Uh, this is uh, version 2.0 of a commander that is incredibly popular. This is Tatiova, Steward of Tides. Um, so Tatiova is a 3-3 Merfolk Druid for 3 mana, green, green, blue. Uh, has land creatures you control have flying, and whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control 7 or more lands, up to 1 target land you control becomes a 3-3 elemental creature with haste. It's still a land. So, um, yeah, I guess, do you want to get into some tech and then we'll just keep on, keep on going from there? Sure. Um, so it, of course, like indestructible lands work really well with this as they do with, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Noyandar. Uh, so just making your, your bridge, a three, three indestructible flyer is pretty good. Green is really good at digging out those non-basics. Uh, Sylvan Advocate is a great card for this deck. It's two cost, two, three. Uh, that gives your land creatures plus two, plus two. Uh, and al- there is some combo potential with this list. If you have Yodora Grave Gardener, uh, her ability is whenever a non-token creature you control dies, basically like flip it face down and it becomes a... Uh, you can put it back onto the battlefield face down as a forest. So... Uh, the fun thing about that is if you have a Tatiova on the battlefield, uh, then you get your landfall trigger. You can animate that same face down forest, and then you can just sack it to your sack outlet again. Um, so it's an infinite loop. You Whatever your sack outlet generates, be that you know damage or mill or mana, uh, you get infinite of that. 
and it's not too hard to set up like you're because you're in green you can tutor out Eudora and just run a bunch of sack outlets so kind of sweet um the because the the tokens or because the lands become three threes then they are card neutral with like greater good so you can do some cool things with that um that's probably like the easiest win condition for the deck because like swinging in with three threes isn't it's not insanely awesome it's it's pretty good yeah i i really like this this does uh i I love animating lands uh so i think this is a pretty fun compelling deck It, it is just blue green and you're gonna win with a lot of the same blue green things even though what you're winning with are three three flying lands as opposed to like three three badger tokens or something like that mm-hmm. but um you might also have some three three badger tokens <laughs> in this list actually <laughs> thinking about it but um but i think it's cool i think like having a tatiova that doesn't just like draw you a million cards for doing what you were going to do in the first place is like a good thing you know so mm-hmm. um excited about this excited it's three mana and hopefully we see more of this just in the future going forward you know like playing with weirder cards as opposed to just like explore draws me three cards this turn (laughs) yep yep um yeah do you want to keep on moving yes uh so next we have the first is it commander it is balmore battle mage captain it is blue red for a one three legendary creature bird wizard with flying whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell creatures you control get plus one plus oh and gain trample until end of turn Uh, so we've got a list for this in the episode description um this deck seems pretty sweet there's a lot of ways for it to really pump out damage um like i i actually like this guy a lot better than adelise he's cheaper um he pumps non-wizards non-wizards as well he gives evasion in the form of trample um and there are just many many things you can do with it um so i'm running some of the same cards that we saw in ivy um like basically a small heroic patrick uh, package like with storm chaser drake and triton fortune hunter uh also running just like a as many sort of like talran variants as i can find just things that create tokens as you cast spells because uh that'll just grow your army really quickly and then your commander pumps them and it all leads to a hell of a lot of damage um other cards that are especially good in this deck, you've got like Zeta Hedron Grinder because I'm uh, sort of doing the heroic thing and like focusing my spells onto things that target creatures. Um, Zeta works very, very well. She turns like, you know, a Crimson Wisps into a draw seven or something. Veyran Voice of Duality is great, as is uh, Harmonic Prodigy. Both of these are very good at copying not only your commander's trigger, but like most of the Talrans are like wizards and shamans and most of just a lot of the, the creatures in this deck naturally uh, have triggered abilities that happen off of spells. So you can get a lot more of those triggers with, with these two cards. Um, God, a lot, a lot of tech here. There's also like um, Gale Waterdeep prodigy, like because I'm running so like crimson wisps and Exod- expedite and all those sorts of things. Um, Basically, all my spells, for the most part, are insanely cheap, and so Gale works quite well in this list. I'll I'll cast my Expedite uh, for one mana, and then Gale triggers, and I can cast like a Crash Through also for one mana or an Ancestral Anger or, or something. 
Uh, so just great way to get additional value out of the spells in your graveyard. There's there's a lot lot going on in this deck. Um, Vesuvian Duplomancy, uh, also good in this deck. Orvar is good in this deck. Um, just a lot of very, very fun things happening. You get tons of triggers stacking up, uh, and eventually you just turn your guys sideways and kill your opponents. Yeah, this is very good. Again, a two-mana commander comes down, has like a little effect, but you're doing your thing really fast and just beating the crap out of people. Um, any deck with Harmonic Prodigy is a good deck for me. I love that card so much. That's so cool. Um, let's just keep moving. I mean, this, yeah, it's crazy. I could I could go on even more about Balmore, but I think we should keep moving. Sure, um, sure. Uh, this is uh, another two-mana commander. Um, do you care if I read this one off? Go for it. Sure, this is Joyra, Ageless Innovator. This is a 2-3 human artificer for 2, blue-red. Uh, so again, just a blue-red. Uh, it has just a big tap ability. So tap, put two Ingenuity counters on Joyra, Ageless Innovator. Then you may put an artifact card with mana value X or less from your hand onto the battlefield, where X is the number of Ingenuity counters on Joyra. Um, well, that certainly does uh, make mana for artifacts. And uh, also play artifacts and stuff, you know. You, or no, sorry, you don't you don't make mana for artifacts. You just play the artifact. But like, yeah, <laughs> that's that is certainly a card. You can definitely put that text on a magic card and play around it. You know. Yep, I think this card is extremely fair. Uh, there's, I, I mean, like, there's ways to like. You know, you could proliferate the counters, or you can untap her a couple times, but she's still like limited by the artifact cards you have in your hand, and she's not so good at like ramping you. Like um, Dalakos, you cast him on turn three, and then you play like a six drop artifact on turn four. Joyra, you cast her on turn two, and then you cast an you drop a like an arcane signet on turn three or something. Like it's not gonna be crazy. Um, yeah anything crazy you can do in a joy list you can do earlier with another red blue artifact commander mm -hmm. so not not anything crazy definitely you're going to be taking game actions though i'm all about the game sure actions. sure <laughs> you're going to be doing stuff tapping things wow wow did you see all those things went sideways crazy crazy um let's get on to this next commander do you want to read them off yes uh this is najal the storm runner Two blue, blue, red for a five, four legendary creature, a freight wizard. You may cast sorcery spells as though they had flash. Whenever Najal the Stormrunner attacks, you may pay two. If you do, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. So, uh, whenever I see blue, red copying spells, I think of extra turn spells. Um, that's probably the best thing to do with this commander. Uh, and there's a lot of ways to get sort of additional value as you're copying your extra turn spells. So like Cork the Thumbless, um, given if you like stack the triggers right and uh, make it so that you're you guaranteed get one copy, then like either outcome for Quark is good. Like returning the original um, extra turn effect to your hand is great and getting another copy of it is also great. So that seems pretty excellent. Uh, Twinning Staff gives you an additional copy when you copy things, similar with uh, Errant, the the cheap little defender babe from um, 
Streets of Nukapenna. Mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. Stryanic Resonator can be used to copy like the second trigger, like not the attack trigger, but the when you cast the spell trigger. Uh, and that'll get you another copy of your extra turn spell. So yeah, it, it's just uh, blue-red taking lots of extra turns, not perhaps mm, too unique, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, no, there's there's somebody is going to open this in a pack and it's going to be their first time warp deck, and that's a, that's a good thing, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love, though, when commanders, like, let you do, like, Aaron or, like, Krark, um, like, when you have the guaranteed copy, like, you said Krark is just amazing and Aaron is also very good, so, um, yeah, I love stuff like this. Um, and that takes us into the Boros commanders, so can I read off this first one? Yes, go for it. So this is Aster, Bearer of Blades. Uh, So Aster is a human warrior for four mana, uh, two red-white. They are a 4-4. They have a bunch of different abilities. So the first one is when Aster, Bearer of Blades, enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an equipment or vehicle card from among them, put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, then has two very short abilities. Equipment you control have equip one. Vehicles you control have crew one. So I actually like this guy a lot. <laughs> like <laughs> this actually uh, being able to cheat, like getting you cards when he enters the battlefield. Like granted, it's not guaranteed, but top seven it makes it a lot, a lot easier to hit. Yeah. Um, so that's very nice. Like uh, Siona did the same, and you pretty much never whiffed on Siona, the captain of the ship or Pileus. whatever. Pi- Pileus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I can't remember the name of the ship. Um, we're going through an episode with 67 names I had to learn, <laughs> so forgive me. Um, so getting a card off of your 4-4 commander in Boros, excellent, wonderful, we love it. And then, like, the cost reduction that you're getting, like, if you end up playing like so obviously the elephant in the room colossus hammer you play your colossus hammer and you mm-hmm. equip it and you attack and that's really good but like there's a ton of stuff like getting sunforger over and over again like for one mana being able to um have access to that uh, activated ability as many times as you want commander's plate it's pretty cheap but like spending one to equip it is a lot lot less it leaves you mana for like your boros charms your teferi's protections or whatever else you're going to want to keep up um to interact with your chaos warps um heart seeker yeah oh heart seeker is really good yeah that's a really great one so yeah do you want to keep getting into more stuff yeah so heart seeker uh for those aren't familiar with it it's four mana artifact equipment uh equipped creature gets plus two plus one and has tap unattached heart seeker destroy target creature and it equips for five but, you know, normally that's not a very good rate, but for one mana, that's pretty solid. Um, there's also just some, like, random ones, like Great Axe or Ogre's Cleaver that equip for, like, four or five mana normally and give just, like, huge, crazy power bonuses. Um, Blackblade Reforge, that's also, you know, pretty big bonus for one mana. Um, and then there's a couple good vehicles that also love the the fact that he lowers crew costs so like colossal plow normally has a a crew for six and when it attacks you get life and you get three white mana 
So that's pretty solid. Uh, Consulate mm-hmm. Dreadnought is a one mana seven eleven with crew six. I want to say, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like the the vehicle equivalent of Colossus Hammer. Um, and then Weatherlight completed, which is in this set, and I, I guess we'll tell you about it in our next week's yeah, episode. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. It's it's not actually super exciting, but it yeah, works here. It works here. Um, so yeah, lots, lots of cool tech for this commander. Um, I also like that he kind of cantrips. Um, if you've got twenty-seven vehicles and/or equipment in your deck, he's got a ninety percent hit rate. Um, if you have twenty equipment and or vehicles in your deck he's got an 80 percent hit rate so pretty likely to get what you're looking for mm-hmm. um yeah that, that's pretty much all i have to say about him he seems cool yeah no i i agree i think he is cool i think you can do some cool stuff um and i love that we're seeing the different takes on vehicles and the different colors now so really cool uh this is much much cooler than depala i'm so sorry i'm so i know depala has fans and if you're listening to this i'm sorry this is just way better than mm-hmm. DePaula was. Um, so the next one is Baird Argivian Recruiter. So I just want to say Angry Baird, so much cooler than regular Baird, you know, uh, vanilla Baird. So uh, Angry Baird Argivian Recruiter is a 2 2 human soldier for two mana, red and a white. At the beginning of your end step, if you control a creature with power greater than its base power, create a 1 1 white soldier creature token. Um, so is this strong? No. What I like about this is the space that it is mining. Like this is like space that they could have done for a very long time to 30 years actually that they have not done that I'm hoping we see more of. So it's a cheap little Boros commander, but uh, you have better options. But, you know, if you just want anything that makes a token in Boros, this is (laughs) definitely an option. Yeah, I I think like if you want to just like have sack fodder like Jadar, Ghoul Caller of Nefalia does it more easily and with better sack outlets. Uh, and if you want to just make a bunch of tokens like Adeline just kicks ass, kicks major ass. Um, so Baird does not seem like crazy powerful, like you said, but hey, it's, it's maybe somebody is a big fan of Baird the character and more power to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it it is trivial to get this online. Like you play a uh like uh any glorious anthem effect and you're good to go, but like mm-hmm. that's the reward you're getting is equally small, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh is the juice worth the, well, the squeeze is so trivial that the juice is also very tri- it's like when you squeeze one of those like limes that's not like a juicing lime and it mm-hmm. just there's nothing in it and then you're like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Um this next one is much, much, much more interesting. So this is, uh, uh, oh no, sorry, this is not the one I thought it was. <laughs> sorry, take that back. Uh, this is definitely a commander in the set. Uh, Tori de Evident Fury Rider is a three-three human knight for four mana, one red, red, white. Uh, it has vigilance and trample. And whenever Tori attacks, all other attacking creatures get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Red attacking uh, other red attacking creatures you control gain trample until in a turn. Untap each other white attacking creature you control. Okay, no, this actually is somewhere in the middle. Uh, I am definitely medium on this commander. The buff doesn't matter. Does whatever. Um, the fact that this has vigilance and trample is cute because it untaps all your things. Um, 
the white thing is interesting. I do like that they're giving white creatures more interaction with tap abilities. The problem is, what are you doing? What are you doing yeah. with uh, white tapping? They're giving us the infrastructure before we have the tools to use it, um, y- which yeah. is whatever. I know you saw- like it less than I do. Yeah, it just bugs me. Like, you know, we saw something similar to this in like Augusta and Plarg in Strixhaven. Um, oh, true. Because <laughs> like uh, Augusta is like whenever you attack, untap each creature you control, then tap any number of creatures you control. So like sort of that pseudo vigilance effect. And then we've seen uh, Drum Bellower in the Kamigawa precons. We saw White Plume Adventurer in CLB and in Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. Who I um, love, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I do love that card. <laughs> it is very sweet. Uh, so a lot of untapping in white going on, but yeah, like you mentioned, it's not super clear what you're supposed to be untapping. Like, you know, in, in a green color identity, you have a bunch of mana dorks. Untapping them is pretty sweet. Um, it may be in like blue, you have looters that you could be untapping, yeah. but it's not uh, like, okay, white you have, I'm thinking like, okay, untapping like a weathered wafer. That's cool. Or, or like, Mother of Runes, Giver of Runes, get, getting to do that multiple times in a round of turn. But honestly, those are mostly just like rattlesnakes. You don't actually use them that much, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, it's like, what am I even doing? Like, uh, like you've got your, <laughs> in a human tribal list or a list with very heavy humans, you've got your, um, ooh, what's the thing that exiles, taps untapped humans to exile artifacts enchantments? Um, oh, um oh no, uh, devout chaplain devout yes. chaplain mm-hmm. um and like but really there's not a huge number of these cards in white um so yeah i I would love to see more cards that interact with this in the same way that i would love to see like more white cards like cathar's commando that sacrifice themselves so you can use them with the white recursion engines um but i just don't think we're there yet and we're yeah like you said it's it's like infrastructure or or like it's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist yeah so i mean there yeah exactly like there's a lot of the stuff that especially red and white have gotten over the years are like combat based things so like tap target attacking creature gets plus one plus one you know that's not crazy good for uh, for commander, you know, yeah. but th- there's more stuff that they're printing. That, like we talked about the archers, a lot of archers in white deal damage. Um, so yeah, it's really just like, what is going on here? One of the best cards for this deck is like angel of condemnation, which is like pretty funny, honestly, <laughs> but not good. Um, it's like a three, three flying vigilance for four. Uh, so what happens you can attack and activate, angel of condemnation with like the trigger on the stack and then uh like blink has, something or, yeah, or like banisher or something yeah so like it has two activated abilities one it, they both cost three and tap and one of them is three tap exile another target creature and then like basically flicker it and the other one is three tap um and exert the angel to exile a creature until angel of condemnation leaves so you can like attack uh exert and then like untap and it doesn't really matter you know so um that's pretty funny but like is there's not enough of those you know there's not enough things that do cool stuff like that to like warrant 
this yet. <laughs> so at some point, maybe we'll see that. Um, but who knows? Yeah, not not here yet. But uh, that was a lot of talking about the future. So what? I guess let's talk about. Um, we're in the multi, like more three plus color commanders. So yes. we're almost done. We have eleven more to go. We're very yes. close to the end here. Um, so I'll start with the ever changing Dane. Uh, this is white, blue, black for a three-three legendary creature shapeshifter. You can pay one and sacrifice another creature. The ever-changing Dane becomes a copy of the sacrificed creature, except it has this ability. Um, I was not entirely sure what to do with this. I was thinking, like, you know, you could play uh, like a Phyrexian Dreadnought and sacrifice it with its ETB on the stack, uh, just to like have a twelve-twelve Trample Commander to Voltron with. Um, other than that, I don't know if I've seen any like crazy cool ideas for this. Um, what are your thoughts? No, I think it's pretty, that's pretty much where I was at. I think that's like the best thing because it's three mana. So I had a, a, um, Lazav 2.0 deck that did that. I could just discard Phyrexian Dreadnought and then turn it into a 12, 12. My commander was a 12, 12 trample on turn three. Mm-hmm. like attacking you so it ended up being very good this is a little bit more fair and you don't have to jump through the hoop of like discarding things um but you're in more colors um what this really seems like to me is like uh funny like utility packages um because you really have to dig because you're sacking you're becoming a copy of the creature that you sacrificed which like is very silly. So you want a creature that is good to have in play, but like you want in your graveyard at the same time. There's not a lot of those. Um, so like the Yoses and the Kakushos of the world fit that. And then your commander is like a five, five flyer, but um, yeah, kind of weird. It's a weird commander. It's probably a cool deck. This is the one of the ones where like we're going to be at a command fest someday and someone's going to bu- like bust out their ever-changing Dane and they're going to be like, "Whoa, that's a great idea." But like I've just not had the time to dig into this entirely, you know. It's like too weird and the fact that like the juice is probably not worth the squeeze is like a lot and there's been so many other things i've been more interested in looking into so well we can move on to another more interesting one then yeah uh, absolutely we've got Zer eternal schemer it is white blue black for a one four legendary creature human wizard with flying enchantment creatures you control have death touch lifelink and hexproof and you can pay one in a white uh, and target non aura enchantment you control becomes a creature in addition to its other types and has base power and base toughness each equal to its mana value um so one cool thing to note um if you have enchanted evening out which makes all things enchantments then Zur's protection extends to himself so he will give himself hex proof uh and i guess also death touch and lifelink um and then there are a couple enchantments that deal damage to creatures that can uh make use of the death touch and no i'm not thinking of like pestilence because that really wouldn't work out the way you wanted it to yeah that's um, not good <laughs> but there's things like uh light mine field which you know eh, i mean already it was already a pretty good deterrent but to be an extra good deterrent if it had uh 
death touch. Life link and death touch. Yeah, you're yeah, getting a yeah. lot of life. Yeah. Um, also, like Hecatomb, which is kind of a funny one. Hecatomb is um, three mana card from Ice Age, one black black enchantment. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you sacrifice it unless you sacrifice four creatures, but you have tap an untapped swamp you control. Hecatomb deals one damage to any target. So honestly, even if you don't have the four creatures, um, you can just like play Hecatomb and then in response to its ETB trigger, tap a bunch of uh, swamps and or like animate it with uh, your commander, tap a bunch of swamps, murder a bunch of things and then just let it die. Yeah. Um, also, I do want to note because I played with Hecatomb a lot in like over the years, and it's it's really good. This is like the Koth emblem, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like you don't have to have the way it's worded. You don't have to have four creatures to sack. You just can like play it, and it's like when it enters the battlefield, sack four creatures. Um, well, well, it's sacrifice Hecatomb unless you sacrifice four creatures. So you do. Uh, you would have to you would lose the hecatomb but you do have that oh. moment where it's just like oh i can really quickly ping everything and then lose my hecatomb oh i guess i only played it with the actual ice age version which just says when hecatomb enters the battlefield sacrifice four creatures oh that's funny <laughs> so i always played it that way <laughs> okay well actually step 1 in this combo is to get your r&d secret layer yeah there you then, go yeah make sure you're playing with the ice age version and then you'll be totally fine Mm-hmm. yeah it should be should be great um but yeah definitely really cool i think the fact that enchanted evening like actually is doing something good for you instead of just blowing up the entire world like granted you're blowing up the rest of everything but like uh that's it it's like progressive and you win the game as opposed to just like destructive and you're tearing mm-hmm. down the game um yeah. and it is I worth noting cool. it is worth noting with Zer like uh this mm, rather than just like a Kate, like getting the advantage of my enchantment having death touch. Um, you can also just like give things hexproof at instant speed with him or like give your enchantments hexproof at instant speed to like stop somebody from, I don't know, uh, Heliod's interventioning or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think that's all I have to say for Zur. Do you want to move on to the next guy? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Um, so this next one is uh, Solkanar the Tainted. So this is a 5-5 five, five elemental demon for 5 mana. Uh, 2 blue, black, red. Uh, and says, at the beginning of your end step, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Uh, so you can draw a card. You can have each opponent lose 2 life and you gain 2 life. You can have Solkanar the Tainted deal 3 damage to up to 1 other target creature or planeswalker. Uh, and you can exile Solkanar, then return it to the battlefield tapped under an opponent's control. Um... So <laughs> this is basically you like because if you were just giving this to someone then they would just have a 5/5 five five. they just have your commander but the fact that like you're giving it you're exiling it and giving it to someone means they get to go through this as well um and there's ways to like mitigate that uh you can play your homeward path uh there's like brand uh uh or is that is it om is it brand or is it omen brand is is the right one yeah yeah um but you can you can also like uh just find other ways to blink him so you never have to choose that mode like if you have a you know a thassa deep dwelling or a conjurer's closet um you can just like keep resetting him so that you can choose like draw a card every time Mm -hmm. yeah um 
but like overall, like unless you're doing so, I don't expect to never see this commander. What I expect is to see this in like silly, non-serious commanders where like you're either okay with like giving your opponent a five five because it's still your commander, so it is still dealing like commander damage, but um you're giving a decent amount away to your opponent. So I, I expect to see this at like casual tables, silly tables. Um and if you're really trying to like focus in on a strategy, this guy doesn't really give you a lot of leeway <laughs> to mm-hmm. do that. So um I think with all of that said, we can move on to the next guy. Do you want to do, do that? Sure. Uh, next is Tetsuo Imperial Champion. Uh, blue, black, red for a 3-3 legendary creature human samurai. When he attacks, if it's equipped, choose one. Tetsuo deals damage equal to the highest mana value among equipment attached to it to any target. Or you may cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand with mana value less than or equal to the highest mana value among equipment attached to Tetsuo without paying its mana cost. So uh, I think both of these modes are have like interesting play to them. Yeah, so if absolutely. You, if you toss a Death Touch equipment on him, then even just dealing like one or two damage is pretty good. Um, you know, your, your Basilisk Caller will allow him to deal one damage Death Touch. So that's pretty solid. And then the second mode... Uh, the way it's worded, you are able to use it to cast instants and sorceries without mana costs. So you can cast like a Profane Tutor or a Wheel of Fate or an Ancestral Vision or Inevitable Betrayal. Um, any of these like suspend instants and sorceries uh, that we like, you know, saw in Modern Horizons 2 or, or um, Time Spiral work pretty well with this guy. So, yeah, I. I'm into this. I think this is cool. I, I love, like I said, like when they branch out. So we've seen a ton of different dragon commanders. Now we're seeing like even more like what does an equipment commander look like in Grixis? Well, this is a pretty good, <laughs> the cool way to go about that. Um, so I think this is cool. I, I like that. So I think we can move on to the next commander if you're ready. Um, so this next one is soul of wind grace. Uh, this is a five, four cat avatar for four mana one black, red, green. Um, so Soul of Wind Grace enters the battlefield or attack. Sorry. Whenever Soul of Wind Grace enters the battlefield or attacks, you may put a land card from a graveyard onto the battlefield tapped under your control. Uh, yes, that is a graveyard. <laughs> uh, and it has green, discard a land, gain three life. One red, discard a land, draw a card. Two and a black, discard a land. Soul of Wind Grace gains indestructible until end of turn. Tap it. So, uh, wow, there's a lot going on here. There's it's definitely uh, a lands commander. You're ramping, quote quote, it gives you an easy way to pitch lands in your hand to cheat them onto the battlefield. Um, how do you feel like this compares to old Wind Grace? <laughs> Very poorly. Uh- <laughs> So it's, I mean, the the rate is not good. Um, it's just like slower at everything else the other Wind Grace did, and more vulnerable. I uh, I just don't. Uh, I I would have like preferred a take that was just like something more out there and like 
not represented within the gen color identity as opposed to I'm just going to make a worse version of this beloved commander with the same name. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like very fair in a way where like you still have fun. Like if someone sits down with a solo one grace deck, like they're still going to be playing magic. They're going to like cheat out their lands. They're going to do all the the things that he promises, but like uh it ain't nothing to to really write home about, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're you're uh, again like I've said many times this episode, you're definitely taking game actions, you know. Mm-hmm. You're sitting down and your cards are moving zones. Um <laughs> you're attacking. Wow. You know. It is it is kind of cool that he can reanimate lands from your opponent's graveyards, but I think that would only really matter if you were like pinched on targets but you're only mm-hmm. doing this once per turn so i don't think that's yeah. gonna happen yeah i mean you could do extra combats um because he's getting you landfall triggers um there's like silly things you can do with that unfortunately does not work with morag uh fury yeah. of akum mm-hmm. uh oops still don't know why they did that um mm, i still see people misplay morag just not most intuitively designed card for sure i hate it like what were they what were they doing it's like (laughs) six mana six six like it's like okay yeah i'm gonna combo with my six mana six six oh no mono red (laughs) get the hell out of here yeah i don't i don't get it anyway uh moving on to this next card that is uh not the most powerful but is probably one of the my favorite cards in the whole set Hmm. um so do you want to do you want to get into this one Yes, this is uh, Zira the Golden Sting. One black, red, green for a 3-3 legendary creature, Insect Assassin. She's got Flying and Haste. And whenever Zira the Golden Sting attacks, put an egg counter on another target creature without an egg counter on it. When that creature dies, if it has an egg counter on it, draw a card and create a 1-1 black insect creature token with flying. Uh, so it it looks a lot like Shevel um, from Ikoria in that, like, once per turn you get to mark something and then when it dies you get to draw a card and get some other minor bonus um but the the flavor of it is is fantastic uh yeah. and especially like you know, you know of course everyone knows about like wasps laying their eggs inside like live spiders or something and they like eat their way out very gross um but and like everyone sort of had that mental image when they read Zira, but then they just released the token uh, yesterday. Yeah. And it's this little Victorian, like little Lord Fauntleroy type. Uh, and so like the community's just fallen in love with it. Definitely adds like a lot of enjoyment to the card. Yeah. De- like it is worded in a way where like, even if you can find a way to proliferate the counters, you don't draw more cards or get more insects. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not really a lot of shenanigans you can do with Zira, but like, uh, you definitely are going to have the funniest tokens on the battlefield (laughs) and, and everyone is going to have a good time talking about it. Um, and also like flying in haste, you're, you're going to get going pretty quick. There's going to be someone to attack. It's pretty easy to get in there with like a flying commander. Honestly, even these days there's kill spells and Mm -hmm. whatnot that you can do. So, um, it's not the most powerful deck, but it is definitely a deck that will, again, take game actions and do things and you'll have fun with your friends. And that's kind of that's fine. <laughs> that's what this commander is made to do. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, do you want to move on to the next commander? Oh, yeah. This one is great. 
Okay, um, so you can yeah. go ahead and read it off. Sure. This is uh, Hazazon, Shaper of Sand. So Hazazon is a 3-3 human warrior for red, green, white. So just three mana. He has Desert Walk. So Desert Walk is this creature can't be blocked as long as defending player controls a desert. Uh, you may play desert lands from your graveyard. And whenever a desert enters the battlefield under your control, create two one one red, green, and white sand warrior creature tokens. Um, hell yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. This is yeah, this is uh, one of the ones I just like called dibs on as soon as I saw it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a really neat commander. Um, there are only let's see, uh, sixteen deserts in this color identity, but you know you're with a, a green identity or it's not too hard to search them out Uh, you also have access to weathered wayfarer um and you can just like tutor them onto the battlefield with like escape shift or realms uncharted hour of promise uh also like notably there's a couple like um there's a couple deserts with cycling and then there's also ways to like just discard the deserts in your hand for value you know you can run magmatic insight thrill of possibility etc um you're also on color for like tectonic reformation which gives land cards in your hands cycling for one red um so lots of ways to like get value out of the like crucible mode of Hazazon, and the 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 rate of token generation is actually pretty generous um i don't think it's that hard to get maybe like one desert uh landfall desert fall trigger per turn Mm -hmm. um and then you can just like you know shared animosity cathars crusade beastmaster ascension you can kind of go off with them pretty easily uh and then it is worth noting that because you like have a crucible in the command zone and you have a white color identity you can think about armageddon yeah uh so you can just do like the 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 straight play of like Hazazon into Armageddon, but you also have some other options. You can, uh, I mean, you can ramp a bit and then once you've got like eight mana, you could do something like Armageddon into, uh, into like faith's reward and get all your lands back or Armageddon into, um, splendid reclamation to get all your lands back. You could, uh, you could also just like give your lands indestructible with like, a Boros charm or a heroic intervention. So lot, lots, 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 lots of ways to uh, break symmetry on mass land destruction in this deck. Yeah. I don't know if that's considered fun and fair in your meta, but just thought I'd let you know. Yeah. Um, Some, something that is cool too. So Knight of New Alara is very, very good in this deck because you go. Your tokens have three colors. Yeah. Yeah. There's three colors. So you drop your Knight of New Alara. And now you got a bunch of four fours, which is actually something that can kill people. Um, yeah. Uh, just very cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or shards is good in this deck, naturally, because um, mm-hmm. you're making a bunch of tokens. You can also, uh, let's see, I didn't do this in my list, but just thinking on it, like with a bunch of tokens floating around, you could just, um, like, cryptolith rights maybe and give yourself extra mana uh of course you can skull clamp them they're skull clamp compliant very nice uh yeah just a lot of stuff to do with this deck seems very fun yeah um minus armageddon's yeah yes (laughs) yeah if you don't want armageddon don't feel like you have to there's a lot of land stuff there's a lot of dinos that get let 
you play an extra land and whatnot. So you can have a blast that way too. Um, this next one is, uh, again, another take on some drab- drabin, dragon tribal. Uh, this is Rith Liberated Primeval. Uh, this is a 5-5 five, five dragon for 5 mana, 2 red, green, white. So Rith is still, he's still kicking. He's still hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, his flying has Ward 2, and other dragons you control have Ward 2. And at the beginning of your end step, if a creature or planeswalker an opponent controlled was dealt excess damage this turn, create a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying. Um, yeah, wow. Um, that's cool. I love that, actually. Because basically what this is doing is like in your Naya colors deck, you can run a bunch of these like damage spells. And every time you... Uh, are an overachiever. So let's say you, uh, uh, oh god, what's the card I like all the time that deals five for three? Oh, oh five for three. Oh, soul seer, soul seer. There you go. Every time you soul seer something, you get a four four for the trouble. So, um, that's great. Um, spit love flame that. seems mm-hmm. especially good here. Uh, spit flame is two and a red for an instant. It deals four damage to a creature. Uh, and then whenever a dragon enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay red. And if you do, you can return spit flame from your graveyard to your hand. So kind of easy to to recur in this deck. Works quite well together. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I feel like there's going to be like, they're going to keep printing enough of these dragons with Ward 2 that like Wraths are going to come back in style again <laughs> because it's just going to be too much of a pain in the butt to like, hold up four or five for your kill spells <laughs> yeah you know? mirim is is quite annoying to have to mm-hmm. hmm, yeah, go to toe, mana to for. yeah yeah not not good but uh, a lot of the normal dragon stuff is good here you got your dragon tempest uh we got ganax astral hunter which is giving you basically free treasure um we got scourge of alcus which does what dragon tempest does uh, cares about dragons specifically. Garak's Pack Leader gives you cards. Same with Garak's Uprising because these are four four dragons. Uh, and then Frontier Siege cares about flyers entering, so that's pretty good. And then worst case scenario, you get some green mana every turn, so definitely not the worst. Um, so yeah, there's definitely stuff to do here. This is definitely a, a dragon deck that is going to have a very different flavor from. Uh, the other color identities that they printed and i love that i love that they are stretching their design chops into these areas you know mm-hmm. yeah keep on moving yes uh we, next we have shanna purifying blade that is green white blue for a 3-3 legendary creature human warrior with lifelink at the beginning of your end step you may pay x if you do draw x cards x can't be greater than the amount of life you gained this turn so it's kind of like a slightly nerfed Well of Lost Dreams in the command zone. Um, it is nice that, of course, she provides some life with her lifelink. Uh, what do you think about this commander? So I um, I like it. I think basically how I feel is like it's Well of Lost Dreams, and there's a few other like old enchantments or artifacts that I feel this way about, or even like creatures that just aren't legendary, um, have wanted to be a legendary creature for commander for so long for so many years so the fact that we finally have a creature that is well of lost dreams um it just makes me happy there's like a lot you can do with it um bant life gain there's a lot of 
tech. A lot of it um, you probably already know. Um, and the fact that this just keeps your hand full while you're doing that is cool. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much more to say about it unless, uh, unless you have some tech or we can move on to the the next guy. <laughs> uh, I would just quickly say that, um, you know, the, the way it's worded is kind of good for incentivizing like big bursts of light or like, mm, Basically, like the way one way they could have done this, which would have made the deck like less fun to play, perhaps, is if it just said like whenever you gain life, you can pay one if you do draw a card. Um, like like if it allowed you to do it anytime instead of committing to it during your end step, then it's a lot more like, oh, I'm gonna hold all these things up until the end of my opponent's turn, and then like draw as many cards as I'm able to while keeping up interaction. This way, like it is kind of nice that it is forcing you to commit um, from like a game design perspective, not from like a competitive perspective. Um, anyway, that that's just one neat little thing that they're they're doing with this card. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, and I do like you don't have to pay the like. Let's say you gain six, you could pay two. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to pay six to get all the cards. You can just pay like whatever you want and keep mana up for whatever after it um this seems uh, the the only other thing i was going to say is like nikthos paragon is very cheap uh, it's from mono horizons 2 it says whenever you gain life you may put that many plus one plus one counters on each creature you control do this only once a turn um that adds up really fast with uh with uh shauna so you can not your board will just get very big she gets very big you'll gain a lot more life um so everything is good <laughs> with that card so just stuff like that that's that's the kind of stuff you want and um that card is like 20 cents so this deck is going to be fairly cheap to make um barring the typical staples that you might want to put in um so yeah let's get into jedit ojanin mercenary so this okay. is yeah this is a three three cat mercenary for one white blue uh but zach i thought you said we we're in the three color commanders uh so jedit ojanin uh Whenever Jedit Ojanin Mercenary or another legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay green. So there it is. If you do create a 2-2 green cat warrior creature token with Forest Walk. Um, so, yeah, it is a Bant Commander. Uh, it's a 3-3, so he comes down pretty quick. You're playing a legendary tribal. Um, your reward for legendary tribal, cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh yeah i don't know how do you feel about this i do know actually but i'm asking you first <laughs> sure sure so I'll, I'll start by saying that there is some tech for this commander like tangle root um relic of legends earthcraft all of them like make the extra green quote-unquote free like to some extent you could also like throw cryptolith right in there um or i guess like uh sentinel hierophants um but and like Yavamaya, uh, the the new one from Modern Horizons Two, makes it so that the Forest Walk is relevant in every game. So there are ways to build around this commander and just make it run a little bit more smoothly. But that being said, like just two two cats is kind of a crappy uh, reward for committing to running a bunch of legends. <laughs> um, and if we want to contrast this with perhaps another legendary creature in the set uh it's going to look quite poor 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, do you have any last dunks you want to get in before we move on to the the last <laughs> commander? Yeah, the last commander. Um, so we d- we did very good with this. I feel like that we definitely missed stuff, but I've, I'm proud of us for not making this a six hour episode. Um, so I don't actually have a dunk on Jedit yet, but just because of the frequency of legendaries that we're getting, like come come back to Jedit in like five years. And this deck might actually be like interesting or might have pieces that fit together and be different. Um, because right uh, now, I honestly feel like that might be true because right now there's just not a good enough reward. Like getting paying a green for a 2 2 cat, like who gives a crap? But like they're going to print just buck wild stuff over the next like 10 years that may or may not make Jedit a good commander at some point. <laughs> I, I I will agree with you that like the inputs will get better, the output will not. So yeah, the, well, there might be like a reason. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Like right now, there's no reason that like I would want a two two green cat, but it might be like they print like banned cat, cat tribal, commanders. Warrior, tribal. And, yeah, there might be a ton of stuff that ends up happening with legendary creatures over the years that like we might not know about. There might be more like earthcraft variants or you know they're just but they're legendary creatures and stuff so who knows what's going to happen this might end up being a cool deck one day but like it's not going to be soon i guess that's really what i'm trying to say is like this is not going to do anything for a very long time (laughs) (laughs) well okay Uh, all right thinking about it for a second Mm. if you do have the earthcraft and you have like uh like some one mana legends and you have like a a cloudstone curio you could do something there mm-hmm. um, yeah there's something some but you need the that's what i mean like you need like the one and two mana like legends it, it will, you need, and you need like yeah like consistent ways to consistently find those combo pieces specifically yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> okay all so right. not not yeah not not good for now but um that does get us to the last uh, card for this episode. So this is uh, Joda the Unifier. Uh, Joda the Unifier is a 5-5 human wizard for 5 mana. White, blue, black, red, green. That's right. Wooberg, baby. Um, so legendary creatures you control get plus X plus X, where X is the number of legendary creatures you control. And whenever you cast a legendary spell from your hand, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a legendary non-land card with lesser mana value. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. I put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So if you said uh, if, if a Joda that was five colors that both uh, like pumped your legends and cascaded your legends was on your like bingo card for Dominaria, then you uh, you did it. You can mark that one off. But I was definitely not <laughs> expecting this. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty crazy. So um, uh yeah, you know, you know how we were talking about Jedit, like, mm, you know, why would I run a bunch of legendaries in my deck? Well, Joda asked that question and then uh, answered it with much more gusto. He he mm-hmm. came prepared, he studied, he he knew the assignment, and uh, here you are. <laughs> it's just yeah. crazy. There are a ton. So, so I guess I'll just jump right into it. This is not an easy deck to like summarize super quickly we have it linked in the episode description so it's worth taking your time to peruse it um but okay like 
step one for the deck is like you want your mana to be good. This is not an easy deck to go budget mana base on. Um, yes. One thing you can do is like, you know, get your copy of the world tree and then as many ways to find it as you possibly can. Uh, that'll make things go a little bit more smoothly. Uh, but in terms of like what legends you're running and what you're doing with them once they are on the battlefield, um, there are a lot of legends that just help you draw more cards and get more value. So like you've got your Brina, you've got your Chulain, uh, you've got your Edric, you've got your, ugh, you've got uh, Grazalax, you've got um, Joyra Weatherlight Captain, Karazakar, the Eye Tyrant, Timna the Weaver, Tusky Bearer of Secrets, Shannad, Sleeper's Scourge, Reki, the History of Kamigawa. Uh, you just want a, or like the way I have built this deck is make it so that, okay, I know for a fact I'm going to be casting a bunch of legendary spells. So why not just reward you further for casting those legendary spells? Uh, and then in terms of what to do once they're on the battlefield, I've also thrown in uh, just a bunch of ways to like, draw cards when they connect um there's like i mentioned earlier uh edric and tusky there's also dalsim the street fighter commander that uh, lets you draw extra cards (laughs) um there's some like random legendary permanents that just kind of help with this like biden defthasa is legendary and cares about you connecting with your guys um the Great Henge is legendary and will draw you more cards as you dump creature legendary creatures onto the battlefield. Uh, there's also just like I threw in some things like Eye of Vecna and Fibblethip, just because like, well, okay, they yeah, they kind of suck normally, but you know, if I'm if I'm casting them and getting a trigger, getting like a card and free mana from Joda and getting a card when they enter the battlefield and I can just randomly cascade into them and get an extra card, uh, it starts to become worthwhile, I think. Um, you do So you do want like just a couple like nice little treats at the lower end of the mana curve so that you don't like fully exhaust all your, your cascades too early. Um, but take a look at the deck. It's uh, a lot to describe all at once. Um, yes. <laughs> But I, I think this deck is pretty fun, provided you are able to to set yourself up to cast the spells, and that does require like not only the world tree, but like you know probably the probably chromatic lantern and prismatic omen and dryad of the Elysian Grove and joiner adept and yada 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 yada. Yeah. Get the idea. Yeah, but very cool. Um, I think this. It's just I. I I actually like this five color list. Um, (laughs) The fact that uh, it's not necessarily a restriction like it used to be to um, shove a bunch of legendaries into your deck, but like that we have so many like fun and interesting ones nowadays that like it, you get to play with some pretty cool fun cards and the fact that like much like everything tribal has turned into like a flavor to taste kind of deck where like, as long as you have like, the changelings and whatnot, you can kind of change like what your win conditions are, like what other cards or what do you want to play great Bodoyan or do you want to play something else? Um, like that's kind of how this feels like to me too, where like, as long as you have the ability to cast your commander and like get your mana situation set up, you can kind of put whatever you want in there. You're like, I don't really want to play with Karazakar this week. Let's put in something else. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
you, you can kind of have fun with it. So I, I really like this. Like this is a reason to play five color, not good stuff. And I love that, you know, like, like we're going to play five color legendaries. They're going to be my favorite ones, like cards that mean a lot to me. And uh, I don't have to just run the best 10 like cards in every color or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and have a really bland generic deck. So really cool. Um, so what a legend to go out on. Uh, we're going to have a, um, the main deck cards next week. Uh, it's going to be, <laughs> um, I would guess like less, th- maybe probably less than two hours for that one. It'll be a nice. I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be like three hours. That's my guess is that it's going to be three hours because there's a lot of like little things to mention and like a lot of cards that have stuff to like niche cases and whatnot. So I think I think it'll be not as long as this one, but uh, it'll be a big one. You know. Okay. Well, as like always, we'll check our predictions in the future. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. But um, definitely excited. There's a ton of stuff in this set. Like we just went through all the legends, but like this set in particular just has like a million pieces. Uh, I, well, I guess I'm thinking of the kicker cards kind of ruin a lot. So maybe you're right. Yeah. It's going to go a little bit. Yeah. I'm just going by like where the scroll bar is on our, our oh. set review <laughs> document right now. <laughs> yeah. I got you. <laughs> That's a good indicator. Um, but yeah, that'll be next week. So we hope you enjoyed this. Um, if we missed something, let us know. If you had an idea that you're like, I'm pretty sure no one on the internet has said this yet, uh, we will shout you out. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. There is so much stuff, so much brewing to be done with this set. It's looking like an awesome set. Thank God. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been really, uh, really wanting it, really craving something like this, and we got it. Um, and of course, they're going to, you know, they're going to strut their stuff with Dominaria, but. I was really, they could have fumbled, you know, mm-hmm. so there's always a chance. But um, yeah, just thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Yes. Uh, and not to like, not to delay the end of this episode too much, but how how do you just really quickly lightning round? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about like the crop of commanders? Like, would you say there is a lot you're excited about out of the, the 65? <laughs> what do you think the hit rate is? Yeah, honestly, like I am very happy with most of these. Um, so, uh, like just scrolling through everything, I am probably happy with like sixty percent of them. Because even if they're not super powerful, like a uh, Aisha Tanaka armor or something like that, like mm-hmm. I do like the design and think that someone will make a cool deck out of it, or like uh urtai like i'm not gonna make an urtai deck but i'm gonna put urtai in decks um i mentioned lady orca like way earlier uh i'm not gonna make that deck but someone is gonna be very happy to make that deck so other than like some of the domain commanders uh they found ways to make pretty interesting commanders out of really generic things like i think the selesnia decks in particular like show that off yeah like really well this time Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm so I'm very happy. They like it. I know that like they're bringing the the A game for Dominaria, but like they're I, <laughs> this this is kind of just what commanders should look like. And if you only have like ten commanders coming out a set, which admittedly is a lot, or maybe there's twenty with the commander decks and all that kind of stuff, it shouldn't 
be that hard to like make something different, especially if you're building along a set's themes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know that's pretty hubris of me, you know, like I'm, I'm strutting my showing that hubris off right now, but <laughs> if, if this is definitely where I want commander design to be, you know, like a bunch of commanders that are fun for some people that don't force other things out of the way that don't Corvold and become the best thing to do in like that color identity, but uh, still someone's going to build the deck and have fun with it. And I, I really like that. Yeah. I am also really happy with this crop of commanders. I especially, I just like that they were forced to go into weird places just by the volume of legends they chose. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So like, I don't know if we ever would have seen say like an archer commander, if it were not for this set or like, a desert commander is something that would never ever happen outside of Amonkhet unless you had to fill out 65 slots, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so just them going in and like exploring very strange archetypes and like really building out the players options for what they can do in commander is, mm-hmm. uh, is fantastic. I love to see it. Even if the hit rate wasn't the highest, like even if they had, you know, crappy domain commanders that yeah, uh, Lady of Otaria type <laughs> stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there, I, I still think like the hit rate is relatively high, and I think everyone can find you know at least a handful of decks that they're really excited to build. I'm certainly looking forward to, to building several decks out of this set. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, I great job, Wizards. The I, I mean, honestly, my only note on this set is like. I wish there were more Phyrexians, but we're about to get an entire set. So I yeah, guess I can there's... hold my breath for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's not a lot of Phyrexians. We're going to get more. Uh, it is interesting what they have done with them in this set, but we'll talk more about that in in the set proper. So um, mm-hmm. we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, and again, yeah, let us know your thoughts and thank you for listening. Yes, uh, let me give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, James, Logan, Roger, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Andrew, Vasilios, Logan, Fugurudel, Carl Oscar, Danny B, Mifflin, Jean-Francois, Drew, Recta, Nick, BJ, and Cameron. Thank you all for supporting the show. If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commandertheory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Commander Theory. And on Twitter, I am at Fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commandertheory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think. <laughs>